Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 261. I am Piran. Joining me as always is Matt. Hey, Bangarang. And also here with it. Mm. It. Hey, <laughs> he has that red hair and pale skin. Is he behind me? <laughs> no, he is you. Yes, for the first time, <laughs> for the choice. first time uh, on the show, we actually have an active participant who is currently suffering from, well, COVID nineteen. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'm only about sixty percent here right now. Yes, yes. Um, um, if, if you notice me, like an improvement from where you normally are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this time, like two days ago, I was maybe twenty percent here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm kind of in and out. Yeah, I, oh, I've don't worry. I, I've got the end memory off screen ready to go in case you snuff it. Uh, it's just ready. It's ready to that go. Is, God damn, that's dark. I don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you're I, lucky. I, did, I didn't even blink. <laughs> you're lucky. I I, you're lucky. I was very late, Matt. I was actually going to make one that I could flash on the screen uh, as soon as I said <laughs> that, but uh, didn't have time. I thought I'll do that. You know that thing in the office where. Uh, Dwight sets up the birthday party. It just says it is your birthday. I was going it to try and mimic birthday, that, yeah. but with an unloving memory. So it's just like Connor has died, <laughs> and just that. It's a, it's a statement of fact. Yes, <laughs> Connor has died this year to this year. <laughs> just leave it at that. Um, but no, no, the, 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 the ginger is very much alive. In fact, we're probably going to hear from him throughout the show. Uh, maybe occasionally he'll pay. He'll pay in. Uh, this is a DC Comics podcast. We talk about DC Comics every week. We get together, we've read a bunch of books. And unlike last week's weird week, which was a week five and had a very odd odd format and system, uh, we are back to normalcy this week with a little bit of Batman issue 110, Justice League 64, mm-hmm. Green Lantern issue 4, Swamp Thing issue 5, Wonder Girl issue 2, and The Nice House in the Lake issue 2 as well. Plus I've got a couple of Patreon books catching up from last month. Uh, with American Vampire 20 and Secret Origins issue 39, uh, which is part of the uh, ongoing Morrison Animal Man run, uh, for the record. So, that's what's coming up, uh, book-wise. But, you know, there's a little bit of news. But before that, even, everyone's favourite segment. This is why I know Connor is soldiering on to come on the show. He, he couldn't resist. He couldn't bear the thought of missing another Comixology Top 10. I'll be honest. I considered saying... You guys start without me. I'll jump in after about half an hour after you've done this section. <laughs> it's not even that long. Say everyone loves this section. It's everyone's favorite. I mean, not you two, but everyone else. I was say, me, me and Mad don't. So that is definitively not everyone. I'm not including people on the show. I'm including the the audience, the people, the the masses. The you hear that, Matt? We're not people. I mean, we we know he felt that way about you for a long time now. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's more yeah. of a surprise for me. I learned just not to fight it and just get it over with. I can live with that. So like uh, taking medicine. <laughs> yes. Well, number one is a as a DC book. So would anyone care to guess that this is Comicsology top ten time of recording, which is the usual Saturday time this week for the record. Well, I have a guess. It's one of two. Mm-hmm. Is it a Batman or Nice House on the Lake? I concur. It is Batman. Batman issue yeah. 110 is number one at the time of recording. Um, a nice house in a lake? Well, it's an, a, a, a nice guess. <laughs> it's a nice guess, but uh, I'm not even seeing that on the front page. So uh, Okay, well, I know my that. shop sold out of them, 
So yeah, it's selling um, really well physically, isn't it? Well, yes. this is the thing. Marvel are dominating the rest of this top ten here because because uh, they got yeah. buy one get one free sale on as well. Well, I think it's mostly single issues, though. To be fair, uh, you could get X Men issue one. I guess there was an issue one of X Men this week. Uh, uh, another issue. Just to me, I guess it's just called X Men. This is not any of these other books that they've got going on. Objectiveless X Men. Yeah, we got X Force issue twenty one at number three. Amazing Spider Man seventy ish uh, at number four. Number five is uh, Hellions, which is also an X book. Mm. Uh, number six is Immortal Hulk, which bizarrely in Comicsology right now doesn't have a cover. It just says cover not yet released yet. Oh. It's out and you can that's buy a, it. It's a really nice cover. Uh, so that's that. And uh, number seven is Justice League issue sixty four. So mm. just the next sort of big titled DC book. Uh, you got Amazing Spider-Man, Infinite... No, it's Annual, it's the Annual. It says Infinite at the top of the cover, but it's uh, the Annual issue too. Uh, that's up next. And then at number 9, you got Avengers 46. And then number 10 is Star Wars, Bounty Hunters, something something, issue 14. So, there's your top 10. Uh, yeah. Going a little bit further down. The next DC book actually is Batman The Adventure Continues uh, Season 2. Yeah. So, uh, I guess that's... This is your first one, right? Digital first, yeah. Uh, immediately followed by a Wonder Girl, which is at what's that there? Uh, but fourteen. That's that. Uh, Green Lantern's coming in at eighteen, and then some of the other books. Swamp Thing's in the next row. So I mean, they're kind of spread out throughout the first page for the most part. Nice House in the Lake, I assume, is going to be on page two when I go to it. Yeah, that's number twenty-five. It's literally the first thing on there page two. Go. So cool. I wonder how many people are buying the variants and stuff. Uh, yeah. For that. Well. I do know my shop didn't have any left on the shelf by the time I got there, and I got there earlier because now I'm working earlier. Um, so people must have come in. Uh, and you know, I know, I know the speculator market right now is is going crazy for whatever reason mm. with certain stuff. So yeah, I, although I don't think sees I don't think issue two is anything particularly speculatory. I think it's just. Selling. Oh, I don't think it either. I just think I know I know they ordered a lot, and so I don't know if maybe the the one guy that works there is a big Tynan fan when it's not uh, Batman. Mm. So he, I know he's been recommending it uh, to people. Uh, so, I think this will be one of those books where that trade will sell well for DC. Yeah. For a oh long yeah, time. no doubt. I, I when I said covers, I wasn't necessarily thinking speculator. I was just thinking that people love it enough that they're ordering up. Oh you know, no, 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 two I know. Or three I, covers I just... or whatever. I just know because when I went over to the, because uh, I always check because I have my pull list, but I always go and check the wall just in case anything I forgot to put on there. Or I do the same. I forgot to grab. And there was a guy and his girlfriend or wife standing there looking through the stacks for something. And it was very, like, I'd never seen them before. Granted, it was earlier than I, I normally go, but they just had the vibe that they weren't, like, not regulars. regulars. Yeah, so I don't know what they were looking for. I just kind of grabbed my stuff before they could. Kind of wondered if I should pick up the I mean, Wonder it was, Girl Obviously, It was obviously and, Batman Fortnite. That's what they were looking for. Maybe. And I didn't see any of those either. So and that's a hot book, maybe. It's a very hot book. That's also <laughs> selling a lot. Uh, not surprisingly, once you get past that first uh, you know, 20 to 30, mostly single issues from the week, uh, Marvel's got a Black Widow trade sale on, obviously, so there's a bunch yeah. of those popping up. Oh, I gotta read that Kelly Thompson. And and that combines with the buy one, get one pre-sale as well, so... Yeah, yeah, so, so after that. But, you know, if anything, I'm impressed that it's not dominating 
the actual top 10. There was no trades in the top 10. It was all just... People don't care about Black Widow enough, apparently. Even this week. <laughs> uh, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I should be talking to Matt about that soon, so I'm going to save my thoughts on Black Widow. Uh, yes. Beyond what I've we, already... We, ju- judging based off of your Twitter, we disagree heartily. So uh, this I, I will be go fun. on a limb and say it's a Marvel movie. I will confirm that it is indeed a Marvel movie. I will agree with that. I, as, as will I. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> just just a peek for those that watched this before the, our reviews drop. Uh, Red Guardian reminded me too much of my dad, and I did not like it. So. Okay. Fun there. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, that's your Cowboy Salad Top 10 for the week. So I look forward to next week's thrilling installment of Comic Yeah, have fun 10. with that, Connor. <laughs> I'll be I'll be thinking of you while sitting at the beach, going, oh, "Connor <laughs> loves loves the weekly sales chat." Uh, balls. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so uh, we do have some news. We got some announcements this week, which I guess maybe means that they're planning on the early solicits again for next Friday, uh, given that we're already getting some announcements. So, first thing, Tom King teased the thing, and you know, it makes sense, mm-hmm. two of his books are literally about to finish, which you assume that he finished writing a while ago at this yeah. point. So, uh, he's got something else new to go along with Supergirl. Uh, he's done a Human Target book. Yeah, so, when this first started, uh, the first thing I saw on this was was um, Mitch Garrett's tweet out, go, oh, I know what this is, and it's very exciting. And I just looked at the hands, and it looked like Justice League International. Well, that is uh, who the hands are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, is this a payoff to that uh, part in uh, Mr. Miracle where they went out drinking with the blue and the gold? And there's the whole the blue and the, the gold and the yellow and the red, that whole section. And then Connor went, I don't think that's what it is. <laughs> uh, which I don't know uh, if you had seen that, if you'd seen what it was yet, because I didn't see uh-huh. it until yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that there won't be prominent characters in it. No, 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 no. But yeah. I was thinking, oh, this is an announcement because right, this is it's still exciting. But oh man, I, I wanted my JLI. Well, I mean, I think for this, I'm kind of excited because I don't really give a shit about Human Target. I never really have. But that's kind of why that's exciting because Tom King with these minis tends to come in and says, "Hey, this is why you should care about this character." I'm more excited by the great yeah. Smallwood art, to be honest. Well, yeah, Smallwood's Smallwood's great. I just, I love the concept of Human Target, and I, I didn't have another way to explain this, because I know people get, you know, pulpy's one of my words, I, I said it, take a drink, you're following along at home, mm-hmm. but there's like this silver ageiness to it, that it's almost perfect for that, uh, for that, that uh, what's the word I'm looking for, deconstruction that King's pretty good at oh yeah i suspect there's going to be some layers to this as, as pulpy as that yeah. cover looks does, does it happen to mention i don't really see the yeah. uh was an issue count is there the, no it just no. Mm. i'm sure we'll find out when we get the actual solicits yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure we'll get that next i am um, i don't think he was supposed to announce it no because um so he started teasing it mm-hmm. and then um uh ben abernathy who's like one of the editors at dc uh, one of the pr- fairly prominent ones um, like it was about an hour after he teased that that picture of the the hands it was like oh 
announcement has been delayed until Monday. So that's two cool things that we're announcing on Monday now. And then like an hour later, King just announced the, you know, yeah. put the tweet out with the, the cover and what the, the premise was. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that he was supposed to just I mean, it's hold po- off on in the end. It's possible that he got the okay to do it. And it's this, you know, maybe either well, someone changed their mind or it was a miscommunication. Yeah. And he had a scheduled tweet and forgot to cancel it. As that's also possible. Yeah, it's also possible. It, it really reminded me of uh, when Taylor kept teasing his announcement, but then he kept pushing it. Yeah. You know, because it felt like he was very excited and DC was like, give it, give it time. Uh, give it a little more time. Yeah. It's uh, not a it huge deal. Like, I mean, it's definitely I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, is it a big deal that this, we found out about this like on the Thursday before the Monday? I mean, it's not really changing much in the grand scheme of things, but uh, just the marketing people are like, no, we had a timeline. We've got announcement for this day and this for that day, and you've ruined our timeline. So, so Greg Smallwood's a name that I was familiar with. So when I, I went to look, I was like, where I don't, where do I know the name from? First thing that came up is uh, something called Vampironica, which features Veronica Lodge as a vampire, and now I know it's on my to read list. I'm shocked you didn't already read that. No. No, I've read Chilling Adventures of, of Sabrina. That was that was pretty good. But uh, the other Archie stuff outside of the early Wade Archie run, uh, pretty, you know, pretty untouched. So, but yeah, I'm trying to see what, what else I would know Smallwood from. So, it's a lot of Marvel work, I think, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this so is we'll have a look pretty at exciting. the official solicit text. This thing, because I don't think there's like an official synopsis for this yet. It's just, you know, King's tweet, and then Newsarama's got a bunch of, uh, you know, here's a history of the character, but we'll see what the actual pitch of the book Probably is. Probably copied and pasted straight from Wikipedia, to be honest. <laughs> Very possibly, but... Uh, uh, so Tom King, Human Target book, starting in October. Neat. Uh, next up, we're getting an Aquaman and Green Arrow team-up miniseries, a seven-issue book, which is called deep target now i don't know if this is supposed to like, coincide with the human target and this might be like a, yeah. a play on the words but um it's actually going to be by brandon thomas who's also doing the the new aquaman mini which is a uh, mm-hmm. you know, khalid becoming aquaman uh khalid khalid yeah dr strange i mean <laughs> dr fate he's on he's thinking of jackson yeah jackson hyde yeah well, I think you said Khalid. I think I think Khalid is his uh, Atlantean name in, in Young Justice, right? Yeah. 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 Really? No, yeah. Calder. Calder. The Calder. Okay, Calder. that's what I'm thinking of. Hey, Calder. Go. But I yeah, Calder. I I I, I mean I flubbed, but I wasn't completely ridiculous like Matt was looking at me. No, no but it's, there it's, is but there is a Khalid that exists in the DC universe, so it was just enough where I'm like, I know where Pete's got this from. I yeah. know it's because uh, th- that's the name he exclusively goes by in, right. in Young Justice. Yeah. So sorry. Yes, Jackson. Um, You're fine. Um, but anyway, so so presumably it's. I mean, after tying into that, then at least you know the fact that you've got the same writer doing both means that I imagine there'll be some ties between them, uh, yeah. even if it's just background uh, stuff. So, um, so what do you think? Yeah, many series with uh, Green Ar- Green Arrow and Aquaman combination. I I did see during the announcement that, that half of the reason was just because it's both uh you know eightieth anniversaries this mm-hmm. year and neither of them have books ongoing so it's like well let's why not together i feel like they could have That's been fun. something fun with uh, the title here they could have done something like the brave and the wear <laughs> so, i don't know i don't know deep target i mean you're, you're mixing two things that you know you associate aquaman with the deep and of course arrow with the target 
Okay, so, why not? Why not deep arrow then? <laughs> that that sounds like a a something that Bond's looking for in a movie. <laughs> you know, maybe that's why I don't know. Brandon Thomas makes me a little. I'm yet. Yeah. I'm yet to be convinced by him. Yeah, yeah. but I'm not horrified by his name. I'll say no, that. Me neither. You know, it's not. It's not enough to make me go, ah, skip. It's it's mostly indifference at this point. Yeah. But I will say I've enjoyed his Aquaman stuff more than his, uh, uh like Mr. Miracle, and that type of stuff. So this is right in that wheelhouse. His Aquaman stuff, not the uh, the future state. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it was decent. It wasn't like fantastic, like, but it was it was a fine read. Yeah. Um. I'll see. I'm obviously going to give it a try. Uh, it'd be nice to have... We don't have an Aquaman book, like you said. We don't have a Green Arrow book. It would be nice to have something worth reading with the pair of the minutes. So, you know, give, give, it a, give it a shot. If nothing else. And then the other thing we have is we're getting a special uh, in, in October. I, I haven't checked to see if it's a five-week month or if it's just because they're doing it because obviously it's Halloween time. But uh, mm-hmm. we're getting a long Halloween one-shot special with Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Uh, coming back which is kind of a big deal Same. yeah it's it's one of these things where jeff Loeb's writing quality isn't exactly consistent and it's been a while since i'd say turns out he's kind of a shitty person as well yeah so yeah yeah you know but it's a 48 page special which is coming yeah it's october 12th so it's not it's right in the middle of the month and it's it's yeah, literally it's been years since sale has done any interior work yeah was the last Just time covers. captain america white white I think it was, oh, yeah. Last time. Oh. So, yeah. Uh, th- this is kind of a, a big deal in terms of, like, a... Cause, I mean, I think Long Halloween's very important to a lot of people. Um, they're just a the animated movie, like, part one of that. Part two is coming out later in the summer. Um, so, clearly, there's a lot of celebration going on with it. There, there was mm-hmm. a sequel, which is also very good, uh, Dark Victory, which... Yeah, uh, it's, like, 25 this year, right? So, so Halloween, I haven't read that. Yeah. 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 It's just so we all feel old. The long Halloween's now twenty five years old. <laughs> I should I should take Dark Victory. I, I have it. I don't I haven't read it though. Yeah. I got them both on sale. Yeah, yeah Dark Victory solid. Uh, that you know, in many ways, Long Halloween is like a sort of year two period of Batman where mm-hmm. he encounters all these up, villains. Uh, I picked up some of the you know the Batman Noir books. Yeah. I picked up a couple like dirt cheap uh, a few months back and one of them was uh, Dark Victory. No I'm not read it yet. Never, never read it before, so I'm not sure it's like the best way to experience it the first time. But... Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think Dark Victory in many ways, it's still the murder mystery style that the first book had, mm-hmm. but it's very much about introducing Robin, so it's kind of like that story told in that fashion mm-hmm. in the early days of Batman. So, like, I don't know, I mean, it's been since I read it, admittedly. I haven't read it as many times as I have Long Halloween, but it, it was good when I read it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah... Kind of neat. The, the cover that's here for it as well. well. A couple of covers actually, but the, I'm looking particularly at the uh, the white one with the the more watercolored kind of with the with the, the little jack o' lantern in the eye. Because there's a two face cover as well, which is a uh, purple, mm. which is fine. Like I mean, it looks like you know it's Tim Sale art, and it but the that's a one, Tim Sale variant as well. That yeah. one. But the, the white one caught my eye a bit more just because of the uh, the blacks with the orange eye. Very uh, strike. So, neat. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to read it, obviously. I'm not, I'm not going to... Well, I, th- I think we all kind of are, despite Loeb's reputation the last couple of years. But yeah. Tim Sale art kind of 
you know. Yeah, I, I mean, it'll hopefully still be good. It's, it's one of these weird things where you, you kind of have this disconnect with people if you don't like them as people, but you like their, their creations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, hey. Huh. Hey. There you go. Play a long Halloween special in October as well. Uh, which, you know, because I presume they're going to do their 100-page Halloween special, which we're probably going to ignore just because it's an extra 100 pages on whatever we do. We always out. do, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and, and it's like that. It's not like they're just even anthologies. It's horror. Well, the last one was just horror versions of stuff. Because mm. I, I picked that one up because it had evilly art. And it was <laughs> a... Yeah, it wasn't what I, you know... Matt yeah. is a stunning self-parody at times. I can't... Hey, I like what I like. I, I love the idea of just random Booster Gold merch being released, and Matt will just buy it no matter what it is. Like, it's a Booster Gold toaster. Oh, all of a sudden, Matt's got a new toaster with the Booster Gold logo on it. <laughs> Shut up and take my money. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's also, let's not skip. I know Connor's not watching Loki, and I know Pete is kind of snarky about Loki, but it's basically a Booster Gold story. Uh, so, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Well, it could be a better written Booster Gold story. I think it's pretty well written. I don't like it. I I disagree with that statement. Okay. But, uh... <laughs> Connor, this episode was called Journey into Mystery. I know. That's all. Yeah. I've seen all the spoilers because obviously because Twitter can't yeah. help itself. Well, here here's my thing. I I'm about to start muting people because if I see one more like look alligator Loki, cool. Get me wrong. I'm tired of seeing it on my timeline. Y'all are, are killing. I, you. I, was, I was thing. I was pretty annoyed at how like uh. Yes. So yesterday, Friday, yeah. uh, I got up uh, about eleven. Uh, scrolled through to a, eleven a.m. Uh, in in the UK, and uh, Bad Batch was already spoiled. Yeah, I'm gonna have to start start muting people. I'm too behind because I watch it on the the treadmill on Mondays. Look, um, bear in mind, it, it goes up over here at eight a.m. Yeah. 11, by 11 a.m., it was already like, oh, look at all these characters that are in this episode. I'm like, cheers to it. Uh, yeah. Just keep scrolling. Hockey stuff, Connor. Yet we got the expansion draft coming. You can focus on I that. I know. I know. So I've been some interesting articles about it. Hockey early. season's over. There'll be no more hockey talk. You know what's not over? Yeah, though, but that's the, you know what's not the over? Season. Football, because it's coming home. Uh, yeah, not for Pete, though. No. No, never for Pete. I've never understood the whole it's coming home thing. English people have been saying it like forever. I don't So wait, did did it real, real quick side side quest when they invented the phrase. Did did soccer originate in England? Or as was a, it one of those things that was concurrent? A, I mean, as a actual idea, no. Mm-hmm. That's been okay. around for basically millennia. Okay. Um in terms of the the codified set of rules that we actually yeah. use now and the idea of a formalized league, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because um, like I know, I know rugby started there. Cause yeah, there's yeah. A name of an actual place, and it was rugby style football. Is where the name. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, like we had the first you know, football league. You know, the the the, the mm-hmm. first set of written rules did does come from England. Okay. Gotcha. Um, it's not what it's not what it's coming home really means anyway. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've oh, listened to the right. song. It's a song. No, about I think how... it was a nationalistic. Uh, no, no, it's not. Paul. Um, it's a song from the the mid nineties, ninety six, where we hosted the Euros in England, and um, it was the first time we'd hosted a tournament since uh, 
1966, which is when we won the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Only time we ever won anything. Um, oh, we know, and, because England never uh, shuts yes, up yes. about it. I, I know, I know. Um, and so this, this, you know, it's it's coming home. It became sort of like, oh, yeah, it's it's coming home uh, in terms of the tournament rather than actually winning. The whole song is about how we kind of shit. We we we've spent at the time it was thirty years just losing everything, tournament tournament after tournament. You know, no matter what, we 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 fail. Uh, but you got so, hope anyway, and uh, that, yeah, that's so what it comes about. The only thing that comes home every time is sadness. Yeah. <laughs> and, and look, we we are in the, the finals of a tournament. Yeah. For literally the first time since '66, uh, we have not done Honestly, it my only hope—I I fully expect us to lose. My, but my, I, I hope we don't. My only hope, but, because I don't care about sports, and I especially detest football, this, because there's this assumption being a boy in the UK growing up that you're supposed to like I, it, and everyone yes. talks about it. So I have a particularly vile hatred of it. So my yeah. only hope, my only hope for this finals, this is the first time really hearing about it, to be honest is that it is a boring game with no goals so that everyone's miserable watching it. That is my hope. No but goals see, does not mean you, you say that as someone that doesn't watch, right? <laughs> yes. But a no-goal game can be very exciting. Like, I'm, I'm the type when I watch hockey, I like a low-scoring game that's gritty and tough and, and stuff. Now, granted, soccer's a little bit different because it's a much wider field. There's a lot of standing around. So I, I feel you. However, a 0-0 game can just be as exciting as a 7-6 game. You know? And also because because it's found that you know it's it's oh. now it will go if if it is a nil nil game, it will go to penalties, and that right. is because you in, in a tournament. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Let me rephrase this because I don't know what the qualifiers are for an exciting game because to me it all looks boring yeah. as shit. Well, no, but but, it's... but so okay, let me rephrase this. Okay, yeah. here's what I hope happens. I hope it's an exceptionally dull game, but right before the the finish time, right before the final whistle, I hope that England just accidentally trip and score an own goal. Well, and that's why they, they lose. Their own goal against Denmark. Um, so <laughs> yeah, Denmark scored their own goal. Um, that, that, look, that's or, or, my hope. I think there has been, I don't know if it was eleven or twelve own goals at this tournament. Um, well, why make this clear? That, this, is, that is more than every other Euros put together. Let me make this clear. This is not a national thing. This is not a, an anti-England thing. I don't give a shit. This is a hatred of football thing. I, I just don't want anyone watching it to enjoy it. So, so if, <laughs> if 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 Connor was rooting for Denmark, say. And it was like Denmark versus Italy. You would care just as as least, right? Yes, you'd, you'd I just want him to be miserable watching it. Yes. I don't care about right. England winning it's or what losing. Connor likes. Here's you a, here's want a to back. No, no, it's not should, Connor. It's all football should, fans. Should <laughs> England win against Italy? Theoretically, uh, this tournament, the only team we wouldn't have beaten that we played would be Scotland. We, we'd have yeah. won every other game except we drew with Scotland nil nil. That, that was boring. Because uh, that was a playing round, right? That's the yeah, yeah, the group stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, oh, that's hilarious. That that would be, again, assuming that we we win this game, that would be the only game that we didn't win. William, William Wallace's spirit is avenged. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't win either. We didn't lose it, but we. Didn't it doesn't win. matter. Yeah, I, you wouldn't. Again, you wouldn't I don't know, know about, about the, the political dynamics between Scotland and England, but I feel like a a draw. Is just as good as a win. For I mean, Scotland. I don't oh, give a shit, oh, but I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I'm fairly certain that Italian food orders on Sunday. Is this when the final is Sunday? Yeah. Have you said? I guarantee you there'll be an Italian spirit in the air between most of Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, I, was, I was reading an article from uh, about various supermarkets, how, how they're stocking up by various products. 
obviously. Uh-huh. So naturally, they're stocking up on beer. Because um, I think uh, for, for the game on Wednesday, they sold double the normal amount they do for this time of year in that one day. Um, and that was a weekday. So this How is much a weekend. Did you? Um, but they, they also said he's in, not allowed uh, to go and get buy beer just now. He has to get delivered. I, I can't deliver. <laughs> yeah, but still, he can still have the hefty delivery. I, I, I do have a great side of delivery. Um, yeah, see? Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Um, they, they did say in like Scotland, they're actually stocking up on things like prosecco. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because of the, uh, the Italian connotations with that. That's <laughs> Well, I know most of my Twitter uh, friends that aren't English are rooting for Italy, and all oh. my Twitter friends that are English are rooting the, for England. The entirety of Europe, except for England, is, 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 is rooting for Italy. I think but the only as, place that, uh, that, that might not be is Gibraltar, but they're yeah. kind of weird case. Yeah, well, as a Golden Knights fan, I know what that's like, because every time the playoffs start, everyone hates us. So That, that, that I, is England I, in a major oh, yeah. Everyone hates yeah. And it, the thing is, like, we have not been playing pretty football to watch. It's you know, you, you, if you watch like, for example, the Spanish side, lots of really f- free flowing passes. It, you know, it's really enjoyable and engaging to watch. Uh, this, this England team has not been like that. It has been you know, grind out, get one goal, maybe two at most. Dirty, there, there was the one game with the exception. Just just grind, yeah. do the bare minimum, and then defend like yeah. hell. Um, so it's not been style like of it's kind of been a. You know, to to neutral fans, kind of boring to watch the England side mm-hmm. because they just lock it down. But it's getting results, so it's kind of hard to yeah. complain. Hey, yeah. You know? Hey, I mean, uh, the uh, the Islanders rode that to the conference finals. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. That's kind of the equivalent here. Just just lock yeah. it down. Oh, yep, yep. What sport are I the Islanders? What's that? What sport are the Islanders? That's hockey. I mean, that face, yeah, how would I know that? I look like I know the islands of hockey. No, I, I didn't expect you to. And they're called the Islanders. There's, if there's one thing I don't think of when I think of ice hockey, is an island. <laughs> I think of like an island. Iceland? I mean, yes, Iceland exists. But when I th- when you see the word island, I think of like a tropical island. I think of beaches. I yeah, think no, of this is, palm trees. They're like that they, they, they play in Long Island, hence the Islanders. Okay, uh, all right. Yeah. I'll think uh, of ice. Anyways. Boring, boring hockey. Uh, that, that was their whole thing, and it, it's fine. Um, yeah, that, that's that's England this tournament. Um, yeah, and I, I, you know, I say I, uh, I don't really expect us to win. The Italians have been. Oh. It's Italy. They're a powerhouse. Well, that, that's the thing. Two, two, three years ago at the the, the World Cup just gone, yeah. um, they didn't even qualify. They were terrible. Like, they were truly really? atrocious. Yeah, they, they, it, it was the time. first time that uh, who won France. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But like they didn't even qualify. It was like their lowest point in their footballing history. They'd never not qualified oh, before. Come back. Um, got a new manager, reorganized mm-hmm. it, and and now uh, going into this game, they haven't been beaten in thirty-two games. <laughs> so well, enjoy being yeah. the underdog. Yeah. Um, should be a good game though. Well, they're pretty yeah. two, yeah, two objectively good sides for once. Yeah. Well, you know, they always say defense wins championships. At least that's here. So Yeah. But it, it, it's like two of the two of the best defenders in the world. Two two of the best center backs. There you go. Well, this cool. Comics, too, let's go. This is getting far too negative. I I it's, it's disastrous. I hate it. It's all it's 
It's boring. No, it could be worse. We could be talking about basketball to where it's two teams nobody wanted in the final and everyone's complaining about how bad it is. So, you know. I, I mean, but it, it could be, we could be talking about synchronized swimming right now, which I feel like I'd get into sure. the art form a bit more than I, w- I would. Hey, give it two weeks. Yeah. The Olympics will be on. You can talk about synchronized swimming all you want. Yo, oh, that's right. I had summer the uh, right, surgery mm-hmm. the summer of 04 and I was up all night. You know, can't sleep, you know, surgical, whatever. Uh, I got really into uh, Olympic uh, power walking, which let me tell you guys, <laughs> ooh when you can't sleep, <laughs> Olympic power walking puts you right out. Uh, <laughs> Wait, you just get into doing it or were you watching? Oh, watching. Okay. Because I, I would wake up in the middle of the night because my, my uh, surgery area would start to hurt. And so you you wake up and you need to go to sleep and there's nothing on at two thirty in the morning, uh, so you just put on Olympic power walking and a guy gets disqualified because he bent his knee too much and technically that's a jog, <laughs> um, and and you go right back out. So oh, that's I mean. that really sounds like it. a really anal category because they have to like oh, police yeah. it to that. Extent. There was that and there was actually there's a sport called handball which I don't know if I had a fever dream, but it was like you basically put two trash cans on a basketball court and you pass, pass a, a volleyball around to try to score it into basically the, the garbage cans. Mm. Um, again, don't know if I imagine this. That sounds like a real thing. I feel, I feel like I've seen something like that. Haze, but I watched it in Australia. It was really good. It, so That's the funny thing about the Olympics is because it always changes location. It's always mm-hmm. on a, like, a different yep. part of the day depending on where it is in your time zone. So mm-hmm. there's, there's some Olympics that are on at a fairly normal time for like daytime viewing, and sometimes they're yeah. on at midnight till eight in the morning. Yeah, when when they were in England, it was it was nice. We could watch a lot because the time difference isn't that much. Versus, uh, what, what year was it? Was it? Where was the last ones in 2016? Was that England? No, we were 2012. That was it? Tokyo. No, that's next one. Is that's it Brazil? No, that's this year. Shoot. Either way, I know that one was rough, so we missed a lot. Uh, Ash likes to watch swimming. She was a swimmer, so we we lock in. She's been watching a lot of those qualifiers lately. It was Brazil. I was right. Okay, it was Brazil. Yeah, that one was a little bit wonky just because of the... Tokyo is going to be a weird one for us. Yeah, well, not for me and Pete. Well, I don't know if Pete watches as much Japanese wrestling as I do. Uh, <laughs> it's well, uh, yeah, it's, well, ja- it's Japanese wrestling, though, is an eight-time thing. Whereas I imagine yeah. the Olympics in Tokyo is going to be during the day Tokyo time, so it's going to be you, through you would, the night. Yeah, you would think. Uh, yeah, you would because think, but there's some will say for prime time because because sure. because Japanese wrestling. If if I do happen to catch that live, it'll be like eight a.m. our time for you guys. Uh, yeah. So it's like, you know, it's more of a get up early and watch thing than it yeah. is a stay up late and watch thing. They're they're doing the G one this year during my birthday month. So, my poor wife. Is that later than usual? I feel like it's usually on by now. Yeah. So, no, it's usually in July. Yeah. But because of COVID last year and now COVID again this year, they're pushing it. But that said, I've kind of heard rumblings and rumors that they might do the two groups, one in the U.S., one in the one in Japan. All right. Okay. And, and have, maybe have a co-branding, which, I mean, we have the, the U.S. title match this week. Uh, over there on Dynamite, oh. so I, I won't know. tangent is off. I'll just say I enjoyed Dynamite this past week. It was a very good episode of Dynamite, and uh, Britt Baker calling TK. Oh my out. god, that 
that that was shots fired. That that, that was so. Pete, Pete, it's well known for to Pete and my other friends that I I, I was a huge Sasha Banks fan. Yes, but her social media presence over the last couple months has has left a sour taste. Um, so so Brit's become my go-to favorite lady, and she doesn't disappoint. That's great. Uh, that's yeah, it's fantastic. I, I might even get, I, I'd maybe even get that DMD shirt if it wasn't like extortionally expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid shipping to other countries. But anyway. Yeah, I know. Um, cool. Let, let's talk books. Yeah, comics. 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 All right. Batman, issue 110, James Tay in the fourth, writing with Jorge Jimenez on the art. So, oh, I'm hitting things. Uh, so. This is kind of your big, the city's now in peril, everything's hitting the fan. Mm-hmm. The peacekeepers, the magistrate, have been given full carte blanche, effectively, by Mayor Nicano. Yeah. And this is all playing out as Batman's fighting Peacekeeper 1. And Oracle's trying to basically gather the Bat family. You know, we know Nightwing's on his way, we know yeah. uh, everyone else is sort of getting into position, but... It's, like, it's really the prelude to Fear State, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're putting the pieces in order, we're I really like the scene where where Babs tells Dick like, no, you could you could stay in Bloodhaven. He goes, you you know I can't do that, right? Like, yeah. there's an emergency in Gotham. I have to be there for Bruce. And so I I, I want to give know. some credit to the because the, the, all these issues at this arc have opened with um you know this Scarecrow's got Batman yeah. somewhere in, the, in the, the future. The horrible lettering section. Yeah. Um, yeah. and they've not necessarily. I mean, they've been fine, and I, I've liked them as a recurring tease because obviously we're building up to that, but. I want to give this one a bit of credit for being kind of memorable because of the, you know, he gets out into the field and sees the giant scarecrow. I thought that page was quite good and it kind of made this one yeah. a bit more memorable than the previous uh, it, examples. It definitely is a big uh, fear toxin moment that we haven't had yet. Mm. Right? Because it's kind of just been Bruce in the chair and, you know, with his own thoughts. Here he finally gets out, but it's worse than we thought. Uh, I it's think... just a big, big gigantic scarecrow. You know, sometimes comics, certainly in the past, have overused the TV newscaster thing. I think this book, this mm-hmm. issue does it quite well because because we've been building up to this, this idea that we're getting multiple newscasters talking about what's going on in the city as we're just getting glimpses of Batman's fight with Peacekeeper 1 and just, like, it, it being a brutal fight where he's barely surviving, he's not quite making through it in the way mm-hmm. it normally does. You know, mixed in with all the various things going on with, you know, Oracle and Nightwing and, and uh, Montoya trying to talk Nakano out of his crazy plan. And all that stuff. Yeah. It, it builds a, a feeling, like there's a vibe of the city. Like it's given this vibe, and Tynan's been very good this arc of building that growing vibe throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, the Miracle Molly stuff. Uh, yeah, so that, that's what really stuck out for me, just because it feels like Tynan has a point of view he wants out. And just this whole idea that, like, technically the Unsane Collective aren't doing anything wrong, but they're going to be made the scapegoats because they are so different. Mm. Um, and just with the way that politics have gone in this country over the last four years, that feels very true to life, right? Like we're going to scapegoat these people because they seem dangerous when really what they're actually about isn't. So, uh, just that whole, that whole scene with Miracle Molly talking with the kid, just, you know, yeah. tying in really working on all cylinders. Cause, cause the structure issues, you have all this dancing around the fight itself, all these other things are going on. And eventually it hones in on Batman and Peacekeeper one in their actual fight, which is obviously very beautifully done. Um, 
I, d I did roll my eyes a little bit that Batman sets off a lot of little explosions that are in Morse code so that Ghostmaker can read it. <laughs> but I will say the panel of it actually happening did look quite pretty. <laughs> I did quite like the actual yeah. art of it. Now, do you think Tiny maybe overexplained it a little bit just so people wouldn't be lost? Maybe. Because or... <laughs> I, I actually kind of would have preferred just him setting off the explosions and Ghostmaker going, oh, that's Morse code. And everyone kind of rolling just, their yeah. eyes like, just leaving it at that, like, yeah. No, it wasn't. Just because <laughs> I, I just get the vibe from Ghostmaker that he he is the Bat God. Like every issue I have with the Bat God shows up in Ghostmaker. So I don't know. I just kind of wish it's okay because he's not Batman. Well, yeah, and it and it tones down the Batman stuff. So like again, Batman setting off these small explosives throughout the building makes a lot of sense. It's a very but... I think the action sequence itself, though, is very visceral, mm -hmm. and I think the art does yeah. a lot to make it feel really spectacular. Uh, I like that it feels like he just gets out and no more. And the whole double thing where Batman jumps out, Ghostmaker jumps out of his plane, and they do this thing where they grab each other. I think that page is really good because it's split in two. It's like yeah. a vertical slice, right? There's a couple of pals at the yep. bottom, but for the most part, it's just this vertical slice. And I think what, the, what it does here with the coloring that I really like is that they're in the same location effectively, but because yeah. if you know the camera, as it were, is looking down mm -hmm. at Batman, it's all the orange of the city and the lights and the glow. Mm -hmm. But because the camera's looking up at Ghostmaker, it's mostly the blues of the sky. So they look very different, and it really contrasts between them. Yeah. Without, but they're actually in the same place, and there's no real tricks right. to it. It's just, of course, the, the, these have very different colors to them, given the direction. Well, yeah, and again, um, the next page as well between uh, Peace, uh, Peacekeeper and Batman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, with the fire, yeah, aren't, and the rain. Yeah. In color theory, aren't blue and orange opposites? Yep. So that's why they contrast. Yeah. So that's why um, the the movie colors, posters of the mid two thousands are yeah. very heavily with that scheme. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So, but yeah, no, just the colors really working uh, hard to make this look good. Is it still Belair uh, color in these? I think so. Let's go back and look. No, it's not. Uh, Tommy Mori. Oh. Okay, Mori. Well, Blair's got a lot of books to do, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Coloring's very I, good, I though. think Blair's covering Detective. Let's, let's move where mm -hmm. I'm getting that from. Yeah. Um, it's good. Do you know but, what? I'm noticing a, a trend here that I don't know if everyone agreed that like, this is an editorial thing, but this, but I do love it, is that Bab seems to be constantly eating <laughs> when she's like yeah. an oracle. I'm just noticing she's casually eating I, a burger at one point. In this, that's true. Yeah, I, I feel that's more Jimenez giving yeah. her something to do. You know, so instead of just drawing her talking, um, I don't know, but maybe that's Tynan also going like, "Hey, you know, Babs is enjoying a burger here, or donut maybe, here." Maybe, maybe she's a stress eater. Um, yeah, well, uh, that very much could be. I mean, regardless of what it means, it's just it's kind of funny. But just having her doing something with her hands just gives it a bit of character beyond yeah. just talking. Uh, so maybe it's just right. as simple as that. It's like, oh, to have her doing something with her hands. Oh, she's eating something, mm -hmm. and that even well, that, adds, was... that adds to the the facial expression as well because she's also chewing yeah. as she's talking. I uh, I do know that Brett, uh, Brett, jeez, Brad Pitt, I, I <laughs> Brad Pitt. His words. Yeah, uh, he eats a lot in movies because he knows that that having something to do with his hands adds to the character quality. Hmm. So like, especially in Ocean's Eleven, Rusty Ryan always has food in his hand somewhere, so or a soda or something. Um, so that made me think of that. But no, it was Jimenez's Babs is a whole different level. Like. Once we get a Batgirl book again, let, let's throw him in as on an oh, issue or an just, arc. Just hoping. And she got a new outfit, yeah. so I mean, there's a chance that we're building yeah, exactly. up to it. Um, uh, 
the big cliffhanger though uh, for the main story is that Peacekeeper One does go to where the uh, the Unsane Collective, Unsanity mm-hmm. Collective, whatever they're called. Uns- yeah, Unsanity. Yeah. Uh, they go, and Miracle Molly basically immediately is like, hey, look, we're unarmed, we're not going to fight, like, you know, hands up in the air, there's innocent people here, there's kids here that we, like, look after, and, you know, we're not resisting, and Peacekeeper 1 calls Simon and says, they're resisting, requesting permission to use lethal force, and he's like, permission mm-hmm. granted, and again, it's that vertical split, it's the, you know, the, the two-faced style yeah. design of the page. Again, the blue and the orange coming in here. Yeah. yeah. Hmm? So it's, it's, a, it's a theme that's playing throughout the issue, so it feels a very... Ard- I mean, it's a very focused issue story-wise, actually, because you, you, it's, you know, it's yeah. all focused on this fight playing out as the city's falling apart around it. And, and I say falling apart, maybe more accurately, is the power move being taken to get, mm-hmm. you know, for the magistrate to actually be put into this place yeah, for the story. because on the surface, there's not actually, the city's not falling apart like in Joker War. No. Right? It's it's coming apart from the inside they, out. They just think it is. That's the kind of the point, right. is that the, the, the population right. think that they're at this, this threat right. level, but right. not really. Uh, I also want to talk about like Tynan making me like like Harley even more. Just his characterization. Oh, that here, panel where, she... where she's talking about um, Mahoney. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, how he was a shitty like, guard even long before she yeah, was. Yeah, uh, like she, even she was, by, she was Harley. Yeah. Yeah, but even by Arkham standards, he was a sadist. And then it ends and the fact that... this city's effed up in the head, and I can give that diagnosis because I'm a doctor. Yeah. And also yeah. because I'm effed in the head too. <laughs> yeah, like just that, and just the 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 bat. Thing. And then I do count them out to make sure that's the word they're supposed to be. So, again, the letterist, uh, letterer, yeah. letterist, letterer, which one letterer. is it? Letterer, there we go. I, I don't um, uh, worry about it too. I just like whatever word seems to fit the context of the sentence, I go with in my head. <laughs> yeah, but like sometimes for me, it gets distracting when it's supposed to be like when you read around the context mm-hmm. and it's just a sensor, you know? It's when they have that, I like when they have the word in mind and then they actually censor the word. So here, that's what it seems like. It seems to me like when, when Tynan turns in the script, right, it it is written out, and then the letterer puts the bat symbols Just in. Put it in like italics or something, so the letterer knows. Yeah, please, yeah. Please exactly. This. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, instead of just the the King version, where it's a bunch of, you know. Yeah, I, I think to be fair, even when it is doesn't match up with the number of letters, I do th- still think the writer has a specific word in mind. They're just not concerned yeah. with actually representing each individual you know, right. letter with the digit. Yeah, but I, I like when it's that way. You know, it makes it it, it makes it feel it to me, yeah, because it, it feels like real speech then, because you make the the brain eye connection. It's the sort of thing as well with um, you know, the 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 length of a word, just as you mm-hmm. read it, determines how long the sentence is. Yeah. Right, and so if 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 it's a long, you know, a, a long swear word that they're blanking, and it's only like yeah. three of the symbols, it makes it feel like the moment passes quicker than it should. Right, it could kind of ruin yeah, the flow. The impact. Hmm. Yeah, that's basically the issue. Uh, really solid. Feels that like things are heightened. You know, I think last issue we we kind of described as a very middle issue. The art that's really feel like it was mm-hmm. ramping up for the the end of Act Two or. You know, catapults, yep. and it, obviously it's an interesting thing to, to say about an arc of this because this arc is very much entirely a prelude to the next arc because the next arc is the main part. But uh, it does feel like it's an effective build. Uh, I'm enjoying the run up to Fear State, uh, so uh, mm-hmm. very very hard to complain. And the art is uh, very solid. Yeah, uh, is. yeah, they even mentioned they also talked a little bit the colors and we talked a lot about the the contrast and all that. But um, I think even the fact that Miracle Molly 
in her design is very colorful mm. with lots of different colors. I think that's actually yeah. maybe even an intentional thing here where the city's split into these different colors. You know, or- Oracle's mm. Watchtower is always green because it's always the green glow of the monitors. A lot of the other stuff is blue. A lot of the city, whether it be fire or the lights is orange. I think the idea that you've got this character who's saying she wants to make the city better is literally dozed in all these different colors is probably mm-hmm. a very intentional thing in the coloring design of this. I mean, yeah. even like stuff yeah. like uh, Peacekeeper um, being you know, blue with the red eyes, and mm. you know, then it gives it the red glow. It's very, it's, it's you know, police colors, right? Yeah, it's the, the the blue and the red. Yeah, and it, but it's very, very organized coloring. Whereas Miracle Molly's, no, this is a splash. Of everything this is meant to represent everyone. It's meant to be every part of the city. It's meant to be a future yeah. for everyone. So right. Uh, yeah, it's just a smart color design. Uh, so, uh, I don't think anyone's reading the backup anymore, right? Oh no, I read it. Oh, you read okay. For, well, in that case, we'll read this. Monster. We'll we'll read this, yeah. and then uh, you can talk about the backup. Yeah. Then, uh, what are you giving the main story, Matt? Uh, I'm giving it an eight. Huh? Same. I will also give it a very solid eight. So, uh, Matt, all right, we're going. It's the backup. Yeah. So this this is continuing Ghostmaker's uh, journey against all these different villains, and so this time. Uh, what's his name? He's, he's a crocodile guy. I'm trying to find his name. But basically how they got into a fight a long time ago and that uh, Ghostmaker kind of threw everything he had at him and the fight lasted hours, but basically he was able just to wear him down and that that's what Ghostmaker is doing here to, to Lady Midas. Um, and that it's going to be her undoing like it was his. So crocodile guy kind of is seeing, seeing exactly what Ghostmaker is doing. And um, at the end, she, she collapses all the tunnels around Ghostmaker. So it looks like uh, he's kind of done for, but I'm sure he's not right. Mm. But uh, it's uh, mostly a fight scene between him and this, this monster. God, what's his name? Alistair Gare. Yeah, it's something like that. It's some oh, instigator. There you go. I was just joking, instigator. but I, mean, I forgot no, that yeah, close. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's, you know, he's he talks about that he's fought everybody in in Southeast Asia from like the Great Ten to some of these other uh, heroes throughout there. Um, and that Ghostmaker is the one that that gives him the most trouble. Um, but yeah, uh, so that was. Third. It's okay. Again, I don't like the Ghostmaker character as much, but uh, Tynan is kind of showing us who he is here. Also, it's interesting that we still don't see his eyes. So in this fight scene, he strips out of his his suit mm. to you know because Instigator kind of tells him you're nothing without that suit. So he goes down, but still puts like a, a piece of it over his eyes. So he's he's kind of fighting blind. So I'm sure there's going to be some kind of rev- revelation around that or if it's just to still hide his identity even though we don't know what his name is or what he looks like so it's still an odd thing but um but yeah art's same as it has been i mean um ortiz draws good uh monsters and fun action so yeah it's good i'll I'll give it a a seven out of ten okay cool all right justice league 64 brian michael bendis writing with steve Pugh on the r and I, I I have to start this by saying this book pissed me off within the first like three pages. Um, 
So the narrative on these reviews up until now has been something along the lines of, it's, it's not, it's, it's all right, it's not great, but Matt's been kind of upset how much Naomi is kind of the central character mm-hmm. versus it being a mm-hmm. Justice League book and how it feels like Ben is just doing his thing in a Justice League setting rather than the other way around. Um, and I, I was mostly okay with that, whatever, it's fine. Um, mm-hmm. Because I still like Naomi. I like Naomi's book, and I'm okay with this being a Naomi book that's just called Justice League, and I can live with that. Within a... F- even with the first page of the book, actually, now I'm thinking about it. Uh, within the first page of the book... Yeah, it's the first two-page spread. Bendis brings in something else from another one of his DC books. Uh, and shoves it down our throats. But in this case, I didn't like this thing in the first place. And yep, that I... is the Sinmar alien and the, the planet. Yeah, I thought you were going to tell me he brought in JRJR. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> oh, no he's back in Marvel. Yeah. Marvel got him back. He, he's he's went yeah. home. He's went home. <laughs> it's coming home this time. It's Ramita. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cruel. I reading this, I instantly thought of you because I remembered how much you hated that. Yep. That whole, that whole arc. And just, again, giving Bendis Justice League just to keep telling the stories he was already telling, I just... I guess that's fine, because it's not like Justice League's been the flagship for a long time. I I almost prefer it when it's these small adventures it, it's you know, that don't tie into stuff. Why don't they just give Bendis a book called The Bendis Book? And just, just like, do, do all the Bendis stories over there. Don't take uh, Justice League. DCU by Bendis. Yeah, yeah I, it's, it's just, it's weird, because this came in, and it's like, okay, we're doing this Sinmar stuff, and they, they bring up the fact that, you know, their the champion tried to you know, kidnap Superman, tried mm-hmm. to kill him, blah, blah, blah. And they're coming to Earth, and that's kind of what the issue ends with, is like, oh, they're here, and whatever. Um, a lot of the middle of the issue is Naomi with the others, and there's a little subplot with Green Arrow and Black Canary. And the subplot with Green Arrow and Black Canary, I, I was mostly into. Although, admittedly, mm-hmm. it did tie in a little bit to Checkmate at the end, which did make me roll my eyes. And I'm enjoying Checkmate, but it didn't yeah. make me realize a little bit, because I'm like, really, Bendis, can, can you do anything that isn't tying into another Bendis book, please? So we hit three different Bendis things yes. in this issue. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's see, but this is what he did on action. This is what yes. he did, you know, through, through it. This is his style, and I just... It's. I almost feel it's unfair to say that I'm tired of it, but like I just want him to tell a clean Justice League story. That's just mm. Justice League. Well, that's, you know, or, that's, or, that's, this is the frustrating know? thing because the Green Arrow and Black Canary stuff I was mostly enjoying because it was kind of sweet. It was them, you know, Green Arrow saying, "Hey, we're in Coast City. That's you know, go and watch the sunset." Mm-hmm. And they're kind of flirting, and they realize they're being followed by a sniper, right? And they're kind of mm-hmm. like talking to each other and they're they're still kind of flirting and whatever and it's like what if they can hear us though we're planning like our, our you know our attack our way to like get around the sniper mm-hmm. and oliver's like ah oh, then they'll know that we're we're cute we're adorable in a crisis then and i'm like yeah. i'm enjoying this banner i'm enjoying this this feels like it fits these two it's very playful mm-hmm. um and it kind of you know it's like when we had that that sinmar plot in superman you know, my, my the thing I liked in that story was the Lois and Lana stuff that was was like the subplot, mm-hmm. and it's I was kind of getting flashbacks to that. But I I was like I just I don't the fact that this is arc two after you know we have that first arc where it kind of I don't know felt a bit flat by the end, um despite mm-hmm. me being okay with the Naomi stuff, but obviously you weren't as hot in that. Going straight into the second arc and it's starting with, oh, here's something you really didn't like from the Superman run. I'm like, oh, like, 
What's the third yeah. art going to be? Is the third art going to be something else from Legion they never got to finish? Yeah. Feels like it. Is, 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 uh, you have all the United Planet stuff here. Uh, did you try checking the solicits? And then Connor Kent's going to show up in yeah. Arc 4, uh, talking about his farm from Gemworld. Is, uh, is that going to be Arc number 4? Yeah, maybe. Okay. He is on Suicide Squad. He might need a reason to live. <laughs> Um, it's it's so funny. It's so funny because I generally like yeah. a lot of Bendis's work, but it is kind of feeling more and more like his DC side of stuff is 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 dwindling to the well, point and, where. I, and I, I mostly enjoyed his Superman and action runs, right? Yeah, like, for but the most part. But the point I'm trying yeah. to make is that I, I I don't. I'm at the point now where I'm actively not looking forward to his work now. I I, oh, I said this if it wasn't Mike. for mm. timing. If it wasn't for the. Just to say, dark story. I would have dropped this, just because you know. And and that's not to say there's not good stuff in there. Like you said the black canary and green arrow stuff here. Even Naomi's parents coming to visit her at the Hall of Justice. Yeah, that was I sweet. Thought, yeah. However, let's not forget her dad is from Ran. So like him being involved with the United Planets, so he shouldn't be this starstruck. I guess I don't know. Well, the, that United, just that the United Planets is a relatively new thing, though. He's he's not been involved with that. Right, but but he is from Ran and fought. You know, he was brought here fighting a Thanagarian. You know, he's, so been, like, he's been a house dad for you know twenty years or whatever maybe. it's been. Yeah, or fifteen, you know. six. Whatever age Naomi is, she's sixteen, I think. Yeah. But uh, you know, um, and Naomi's but, like uh, hesitant to like you know attack Aquaman in training, and everyone's telling her, "No, this is you have to do it. You have to do hand on hand practice." Again, I keep feeling like he's deliberately not showing us her power set. <laughs> And I'm getting frustrated by it because every time it happens, it happens off screen. You know, and it's just it, it's starting to feel like it's only going to be disappointing because I feel like we know she's a powerhouse, but I exactly I can't describe what her powers are exactly. Energy you know? pets and blasts. Sure. Is she just super strong and can fly? Is that what it is? Is she just like unleashing on Aquaman? Like. I don't know. Well, she has a temper because that's the whole joke of that is that they, they, they keep telling her to just hit him and she's refusing. Then she gets like a temper in the moment, like an angry moment and like blasts him or right, something. Right. And again, I feel like Bendis keeps telling us that, but we haven't seen that anywhere else. I don't remember her having a temper in Naomi, do you? No. No. Yeah. Uh, so again, show don't tell. That, that's what I learned in you know writing and uh, in other classes, and I feel like Bendis is just telling us this stuff. Well, I mean, to be fair, this moment itself is showing it. It's just it, it does kind of feel out of nowhere for the most part. I think it maybe was mentioned in the last arc that uh, she, you know she lost herself a little bit when she got angry with the uh, you know the villain. But um, yeah, I I mean I'm not as I don't know I, that, that that side of it's not bothering me. I, I, the Senmar stuff though. With the cliffhanger, yeah. just the one of the Sinmar aliens showing up. Um, I, I just... Just the Sinmar stuff sucked. It did suck. And, I, and I don't know why we need more of it. And immediately, I just it, was, it put me in the wrong footing. And this is yeah. the funny thing. Only you, I do not have the backup to like, keep me clinging to this book. So yeah. if, I, if I feel yeah. this again for a couple more issues, like I might end up well, dropping this. You just let me know, because I'll skip Justice League just to keep reading Justice League Dark. Like, I... <laughs> you know? Um... um yeah, I'll save save some time. So while there was some individual things to kind of like in this issue, it was mostly 
I was mostly annoyed. I was mostly just, I it set me off in the wrong mood right away, and it just made me go, oh, I don't know. I feel like, and Fantasy stuff doesn't feel like it's that important to DC. It feels like everything else that's going on, you know, is at least in the same world as all the Infinite Frontier stuff. It feels like all the Bat Family stuff is connected. Bendis' Justice League and Checkmate feel kind of separated from everything. Mm-hmm. Are you suggesting that... And uh, I don't, you, this, this is, that, that sounded like I was going to make some snarky comment, but Bendis is kind of right now the equivalent to like the Hickman X-Men stuff at Marvel, where it's just it's just off doing its own thing. Kind of. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe Morris well, and Green Lantern would be a, 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 a comparison as well. I, don't I know. felt like that was by design, where I don't feel this is by design. You know, yeah. I felt like Morrison went, I have an idea where for Green Lantern, but I, I need to do it just on its own. I mean, I, and I'm, they not, like, I'm okay. not trying to say the current editors don't like Bendis yeah. or anything like that, but I do wonder, yeah. because Bendis was brought in under the previous, you know, was Diddy and all yeah. that. I do wonder well, if there's an element of, okay, now we've got all of our new plans, we don't really know what to do with Bendis, who was brought in with this big contract or whatever, so let's just give him a couple of things to go and yeah. do on his own. I, How long do you reckon they signed him for? I don't remember. I would say five years at least. I'd say it'd be a five-year contract. That's, that'd be my guess. I'd guess five years minimum. Remember how much we giggled at the Bendis is coming ads? <laughs> That's still funny. If you... <laughs> yeah. I'm saying. But, yeah, no. But it's very much in it. We shouldn't be surprised because Hickman was a student of Bendis. Like, he came up under Bendis. Hmm. His, his Secret Warriors book was the first thing he did. And that was spinning out of, of New Avengers, you know. Wasn't that also yeah. uh, Rucka, though? Secret Warriors? Mm. Secret Warriors? It was Hickman no, with someone, right? It wasn't just Hickman. No, I think it was just Hickman. Was it just Hickman? I'm, I think so. Let me look. Someone fact check this. Because I was about to introduce... Yeah. Um, I could have sworn I was a second writer on Secret Warriors, but I could, I could be wrong. Um, Not like a I remember I introduced Quake. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I heard that. That was pretty good. Um, uh, let's see. No, yeah, just Jonathan Hickman okay. and art by Stefano Caselli. Fair, fair enough. For some reason, I, I could have sworn there was a second writer on that book, but uh, well, Benda started with him, but mm. I feel like that started, and then he kind of like you know uh, Snyder and Tynan mm. first kind of. It's because um, I, I feel like because I, I haven't read that, but my impression I always got from Secret Warriors is that. It's Hickman, but it's kind of Hickman before he became full Hickman. So yeah, you know. so for me, it's readable. Yeah, so so it's when you get to like Fantastic Four where Hickman really became Jonathan yeah. Hickman, right? In terms of his, you know, superhero stuff. Anyway, <laughs> dead soldier scientific nonsense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I did read a lot of his Avengers, so I, I read enough to know that I don't like him. <laughs> I, I read enough. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it just Marquez's art's good, right? Oh, like, sure. I mean, it's, well, it's, not, it's, not, it's, it's not Marquez on this. Oh, it's not? It's Steve Pugh. <laughs> oh, shoot, it is Steve Pugh. And it was different. I, I could tell some of the faces yeah. that it was, that it was different. Pugh's yeah. pretty good, though. Pugh's not yeah, bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe because Marquez... Did Marquez do the, the cover? I remember seeing his name. Uh, possibly, yeah. Okay. I'm not looking at it right yeah, now, but that would, that would be gotcha. a reasonable anyway. expectation. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and this is the thing. This is double shipping this month and next, and... Like I'm sure you're happy about that for just like dark because it means you get mm-hmm. you know twenty pages of that. It is a Marquez cover, by the way. Yeah, cool. Okay, that, um, that's why. But like, I don't know. That makes me even more like. I mean, I'll read the next one, but I have to admit it's on shaky ground right now. This issue is on put it on shaky ground. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of funny how Pete was like the biggest defender of the book, yeah. right? Out of us, 
I mean, and then I, in the case of one issue, he's just gone, oh, oh, this might be gone now. Well, here's the, here's the thing. I was the biggest defender, but it wasn't like I was defending it because I thought it was like a 9 out of 10. I was defending it on the grounds of, it's, I think it's perfectly fine and readable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just mean it in, yeah. in, in contrast. Obviously, I despised it and was not reading it by choice. Yes. Um, Matt was kind of mixed at best at times. Mm-hmm. And people's like, no, it's good. It's fine. It's solid. And now all of a sudden, like, you know, one yeah, issue Sidmar, later. I'm out. Yeah, Sidmar, Sidmar, <laughs> shit. So the Sidmar stuff was terrible. That's all it told. Just one issue. And I imagine the way you feel about this is the way presumably a lot of the internet felt um, you know, with the Naomi stuff in, in the first arc. But here's the thing. Again, I, it wasn't the quality of the Naomi stuff. It just felt like they were uh, wedging Naomi accusing, into Justice League. I wasn't accusing you specifically, Matt. Just gotcha. I know in general. But I know, but I, I don't want to get the, the branded with that that I don't because I do like Naomi. I just want Naomi to be able to be on her own and not wedged into Justice League too soon. That, that's all. Uh, I'll be honest, part of it kind of feels like DC decided some somewhere someone someone up the pipeline, whoever it may be, decided that Naomi season one didn't sell well enough to justify another mm-hmm. miniseries. And they said you can do your story, but you have to do it in the the, the confinements but of another name. You know what though? As much as I love Justice League Dark, I, I a Naomi backup would be fine too. Oh sure, yeah. you know. But put sure, backup. No. Best of both worlds, you can have a Naomi backup in this, and just give us a Justice League Dark book. <laughs> that too, but <laughs> yeah, I'm a little worried about Ram V going to Marvel and us losing him. No, he had. Plans with Marvel a long time ago as well. Like um, it, things that got cancelled because of the pandemic. He was meant to do like uh, tie-ins to whatever event they had last year, yeah. like a Thor tie-in. So I'm oh, yeah. not too worried. Yeah, I mean okay. between Catwoman and uh, Swamp Thing. So even though Justly Dark got relegated to being a backup, it's not like he didn't. They gave him two other books. So I mean, I just feel like those books aren't selling as much as we would want them to, as much as we love them. Um, oh yeah, we obviously we wish they were selling more. And I just and I just worry. That's all. I think it's worth noting though that both books are critical hits, yeah. like right. to quite extreme degrees. It, it could lead to him getting like, a bigger name. Like once he's done with this Catwoman run or something, yeah. like maybe they'll say, "Hey, like I, I mean, I don't know who he who he'd give him to, but like I don't know. Let's say, hey, it's time for a new Green Lantern book now, or maybe like, it's time for a new Nightwing writer. Maybe Taylor's done by that point. I don't know. Ram D Wonder Woman. Oh sure. I could see yeah. it. Yeah. I, I think what you got to remember is, one, they keep giving him spots in like the anthologies as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like consistently, he he kind of has a story here or there. He's, you know, his books maybe they're not the, the biggest sellers, but they're, they're pretty consistent sellers, if nothing else, and critical darlings. And also, just you know, in part of this, uh, from the you know the really cynical side of it, DC looking at their lineup of talent. You know, it, it's good to have you know you know diversity in, in general. Yeah. Like you know, right sure. now, you know that that looks good from a PR perspective for them. They want as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I I suspect Ramvi will get will keep getting bigger things in the same way that Taylor has risen through the, the same way that has risen through the ranks yeah. and getting bigger things. It wouldn't surprise me. So, uh, all right. Well, this is all this has all been a bit of a tangent because the issue of the league itself wasn't that interesting. Uh. Matt, what you give it the bid story? Uh, it's six point five. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll just give it a six because it's not it's not yeah. bad. It's just the cinema stuff. It just immediately put me in the wrong mood, and yeah, 
Okay. All right. You talk about just like dark then. I know you're. All yeah. So um, we get payoff here to uh, Elnara, who's who's the thirteenth knight, and um, her and Batman take out that cult. Um, and she compliments Batman on his armor being so flexible, um, and nice. And it, you kind of get the vibe that she doesn't realize what century she's in, um, which is kind of funny. Um, and we get to the Justice League Dark section, and they are, let's see, I'm, I gotta come through it. Um, okay, nope. This is just the Elnara stuff. My, my brain's been real bad. So, it, it's, the most of this story, it's called The Eternal Night, um, but it's, it's her teaming up with Batman, and, um, Though the one part with the Justice League Dark is uh, like a kind of like a prophecy that's going on. So it shows, you know, that Khalid and Kirk are trying to, you know, get to the bottom of these visions um, that the, the helm of Naboo showed them and that they've added Ragman officially to the Justice League Dark. And he kind of hints to Zatanna that he knows her secret about the Upside Down Man. And in fact, uh, because she's like, oh, I'm sure that you're only here to feed that suit. And he goes, well, well yeah, I am. But I also want to help. Uh, and, you know, we all live, learn to live with the darkness because, you know, they have a way of turning us upside down and her eyes get big. And that's when it cuts back to, to Batman uh, fighting this cult who seemed to have like psionic powers. So they kind of put him into this. uh this vision of, of Gotham on fire and almost like hell has come there and she, uh, Elnara comes back and saves him. Uh, and then you come to find out that there's someone named Red Air Singh and he's trapped in his own body. He's the one that's giving them the cult kind of their power. Um, and it cuts there. So he's locked in. He's got what looks like Brainiac, you know, the, the Brainiac symbol on his forehead. Um, but he's this dude strapped into a chair with all these cables and stuff coming out of him, long beard. Uh, and he says that he's trapped in his own body. He, he needs help. Um, art here is um, Sumit Kumar. So, again, we go from Zermanico to Sumit Kumar. Not not a bad trade. Uh, I like Kumar. Draws Batman pretty well. I mean, we know that from the Man Bat book. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, action scenes are, are Trump pretty well but um yeah it's just it's a solid chapter kicks off the next part no no merlin stuff really here little of the you know justice league but still pushes or justice league dark but pushes the story forward um so i'm gonna give it a uh eight out of ten all right cool um green lantern issue four jeffrey Zarn, and tom rainey and marcus and tucci yeah. on the art uh this is, I mean, this is a big, I would describe as rough around the edges, and I don't necessarily yeah. love everything about it or how it's told, but I'm constantly of interest in what it's actually doing in terms of just the the world. Um, so once again, it's Splinter 2. You have the, the John Stewart side, which is these alien slavers are trying to take people from this planet. So it's kind of an action mm -hmm. issue from his side of things where yep. he's taking on these guys in a fight. Uh, he realizes that their weapons are being powered by the, the ship that's floating up above. 
So he traps one down a Faraday cage. There's like a sort of chamber which is used to like uh, shield signals. Yeah. yeah, I love that he goes. Uh, on Earth, we call it a Faraday cage, but on uh, was it Sergilon? Mm. It's a trap. That's such <laughs> an action movie. Like that's something I imagine Martin Riggs saying in *Lethal Weapon*. You know, so. I can't no, imagine Martin Riggs talking about a Faraday cage because it's, <laughs> it's the... <laughs> no, but maybe you know I don't know, but someone like that. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like uh, the loose cannon type. Some something where it's a it's a slight sci-fi bent. You you can imagine talking about sure. a Faraday cage. Uh, so yeah, and he, he fights this alien. He depowers all the weapons by going up to the up to the ship, and that lets the the locals fight mm-hmm. back. And yeah, it's kind of a simple story Oof. that plays off what this is kind of him becoming kind of a hero to these people, um, and all the yeah, rest. Yeah, but of it. It, it drops some pretty serious implications here. It does because when he get when he gets up to the ship, he finds out that they didn't come here for them. This is actually mm-hmm. this world's too far out the place, out, out of the way to come just to you know steal some just people. to pick up slaves because yeah. the way the way that they do things is like. You know, it's it's cost effectiveness, and they're too far out of the way. That's why they've kind of been left alone. Yeah. But so the there, fact that there, John crash landed there is what brought them. Yeah, and they're there, just taking them as collateral. Yeah, they're going to take them anyway because well, they might as well since they're here. Mm-hmm. But they're actually here because there's a bounty on him. And yep. when John's in the ship, he sees a jar full of Green Lantern rings, and he hears the the computer just saying over and over again, Green Lantern. Uh, Alif Khan, Bounty Clothes, Green Lantern, Zolol, Bounty Clothes. It's just a list of Green Lantern bounties that have been closed. So, did you notice that the head that's talking, that looks like Stealth, right? Uh, the I, robot Green Lantern. Yeah, I, I could have told you what the name was, but yeah, yeah. I, I recognized it was a helmet of a, a robot, um, yeah. And when you go through some of these names, he's... Thorne is killing off major Green Lantern characters. Now, granted, nobody, no death. Right, it just says bounty closed, but you're assuming it means death. But you got on this page Vath Sarn, who was the Rainian uh, that was introduced in, in the Green Lantern Corps book way back in the day. Um, you also have um, where's it? Aresia, bounty close or confirmed dead on that one. Eolandi, who's who's been located, so she's still around. But Isomot Cole confirmed dead. Uh, Rotwap fan who was located, but well, you know, not... you're, you're, you're shifting into the next page because there's a nice transition yeah. here that uh, needs gotcha. to be pointed out. Because uh, so you got a page where John's sitting on this ship and he's listening to this, and all of the names on this page all just say bounty clothes because it's coming from right. their this computer, this this the right. robot head. And then you flip the page and you get a very similar page that's flipped of Joe mm-hmm. sitting on Oa listening to just the computer on Oa, uh, right. uh, and it's basically it's actually the I think it's the yellow lantern. Something anyway, anyway, so she's uh she's listening to this, and this is giving her it's the same kind of thing, but it's it's a little bit more specific. Right. Where it's confirming certain lanterns are dead. It brings up mm-hmm. uh, Kyle and Guy, and just says they're missing. I think it's, right. Yeah. So you know, it's this nice transition between the two stories, which then you know pushes out of this and. We see that when the 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 power battery went, all of the the cells mm-hmm. and the the prison area all opened. Opened uh, up, but they've managed to get about seventy percent of them and keep them contained. All the biggest and nastiest ones are there, but about thirty percent have gotten out. So that might lead to some little stories 
So, yeah, gonna... I like I like that even though the, everything was kind of powered by the central battery, the Guardians were smart enough that they kept the the big bads mm. on their own power system, which I, that that was a fun fun wrinkle. Also, I didn't notice this until looking back through. Mm -hmm. Um, Joe's suit isn't made by the ring. She puts it back on. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is an interesting tweak on her ring too. And um, what was interesting as well is that she kind of makes Kelly also put on like more of a like a, uh -huh. an actual Green Lantern, Green Lantern top. uniform. Yeah, yeah. And she's she kind of complains about it a little bit, and yeah. she wants to go and be with uh, Simon, but Simon's the one doing all this, you know, prisoner cleanup detail. Yeah. And she's like, "No, you're coming with me. We're going to go check out some stuff. We're going to try because the, the Guardians are in pain. The Guardians are like going through this weird ex existential pain that they're they're living uh -huh. through." And they're not really sure what it is. It's connected to the power battery going. They may already be dying, if not dead mm -hmm. already. Uh, you know, it's just, it's all all very mysterious and all the rest of it. Um, but they're looking into okay. So who who could have done this? Like this this is not an accident. This is not something because uh, what what they talk about is that the, the, it didn't actually explode. It looks like an explosion. That's the effect of what happened. But it was actually mm -hmm. more like it got dismantled on a, a molecular level. So someone did this. this. This took some major chops and power to pull this off. And they sort of mm -hmm. run down like, so who's even big enough? Who who could do this? And they well, list a few suspects. And the, the last one they come to is, well, Sinestro and the Yellow Lanterns could theoretically pull this off. Like, but why, you know, why would they uh, kind of thing? Um. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so this is going on. As this is all happening, though, something weird's happening where as Kelly's talking to Joe, more and more of it's not being translated, and the ring's saying, uh -huh. "No, everything's fine. The translator's working. There's, there's nothing wrong." Right. But more and more of what yeah. Kelly's saying is just turning into Spanish. And it's all Spanish, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and it kind of ends with her just speaking in Spanish, and it's when she hears them talking about Sinestro and that that she says a bunch of things. It's not translated, but mm -hmm. you do hear part of it. Uh, you know, the, just the name of the uh, where is it? Is it the planet she says? I can't remember. She says, she says yeah. something that you can sort of tell that she's planning on going to take on Sinestro on her own. Yeah. And she Ugh, flies off kid. and, you know, like I think it's the other one who's like, hey, I think she's got off to take on Sinestro. And she's like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like, yeah. she's got to Corrigar. Uh, so that's that's the cliffhanger. Um, I wouldn't say there's anything as juicy in this issue as the first few. Uh, this one was very much a middle issue, but I think it worked fine enough, and I think I'm interested in... Again, I'm still more interested in the Joe and Kelly stuff than I yeah, am the, you mean, well, the John well, stuff. But uh, On that last moment, where we're just that whole exchange where she goes, the child lantern is upset, and that's where Joe's <laughs> like, no shit. Her medical report said she is suffering from post-traumatic stress. No shit. She's on her way to New Korgar. And just the expression here, no shit. Just like the... just That's a very well-done cinematic moment Yeah. here character development but yeah um the the stuff on oa or you know new oa and all that stuff way more but i did like john finding out on his side about this stuff and it really makes it feel like he's kind of marooned so it kind of feels like one of those old stories where the where the soldier kind of gets the locals together yeah, off, I think what know? it's doing is is it's making you long for the multi team up again because because he mm -hmm. is stranded and all the other right. lands are stranded, but he's the one that we're getting right. an example of. We're oh getting yeah, his story. And the last one hinted at something's going on with Hal. Hal's like deep into something. Yeah. So like all of our lanterns that we're used to 
right? They're all scattered and don't know, we don't know really what's going on. So it forces us to, you know, not forces us because Joe's a great character, but it makes you, you know, follow her story, which is actually kind of smart. And it doesn't feel like editorial is like, oh, we have to put Joe in this book now. It actually feels right that like her and Kelly's rings both come from different sources. So of course yeah, the they would be unaffected. It, yeah, it's like that episode of Power Rangers where all the Power Rangers ring, uh, coins yeah. get taken away. And but Tommy's left because Tommy's ring right. or Tommy's coin. Sorry, I keep saying ring. Tommy's yeah. coin is different. Yeah. There right. you go. I'll, I'll compare back to that. Does that because there's a flashback at the start of the issue actually? Like uh, John mm-hmm. as he's passed out is thinking yeah. about uh, uh, you know, back when when Hal was was uh, parallax, parallax, all that stuff. Um, because this, this confused me for a second. Cause I was like, what's going on? Why did this happen? I was like, oh, no, it's a flashback. Is, <laughs> it's a flashback. Yeah, this is during Emerald Twilight. Yeah, uh, <laughs> where where Hal. Hal's given into Parallax, and that John was a guardian. I forgot about this. Yeah. I, uh, I think this is maybe like him remembering the last time that he remembers yeah. the, the system completely breaking down and that everything right. was so topsy-turvy. I, I think that's kind right. of the, the point of it. But Yeah. Well, and that's when uh, Hal went and was taking out members of the Green Lantern Corps, you know? like So that was the last time, and then we had, we had Kyle as the Torchbearer and only Green Lantern for a long time, and this feels very kind of similar um, to, to that era. Even though we have these Green Lanterns sprinkled around, so yeah, no, yeah, yeah. There's um, that's very interesting because we never see John in that, so it almost feels like he has a different form. Yeah, it's just like POV. It's like coming from his yeah. perspective. I, I think you know the art. You know, it's pretty much similar to said before. I think you know the artist uh, who I assume it's um, uh, Rainy on the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I do think like sometimes he's, the heads he draws are a bit too big, but and it is a bit cartoony. Mm-hmm. But I do think sometimes that expressiveness, like sometimes with the aliens that John's kind of fighting, like when they kind of like smirk or grill at him, I was kind mm-hmm. of oh that's kind of a fun vibe. Like it's giving me a, a decent. So it's not an unpleasant uh, look, even if it's not necessarily my favorite type of art or always hitting the mark. Right. There's there's moments to kind of like, but that last page though with John where he's like sitting there, his head looks too big for his body. Yeah. And it, it looks like when you're playing a video game, you turn on big head mode. It's got that kind of vibe or, to it. Or it's like the X Babies, right? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. But no, it's a, it's a really good issue. And again, the, the Kelly and Joe stuff at the end really, really, really picked up the, yeah. the rest it, of it. It's, it's, it's like a solid book, I think, for me so far, and that it's, it's not yeah. perfect. And it's definitely not in that upper tier where, you know, we're talking about like the some of the books right now that are really fired on all cylinders and are kind of. Like, you know, like we're just going to be talking about swamp things soon. Like that swamp things in that kind of category, oh. but uh, yeah. I did enjoy this though. What are you giving it, Matt? Uh, I'm gonna do this an eight point five. Yeah, that's a, that's a bit high for me. I'll, I'll go with a nice solid seven point five. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I'm enjoying the book. I'm enjoying the book. Uh, definitely, if I'm dropping this or Justice League, Justice League's the one that's oh easy jettisoned into the sun. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Uh, the swamp <laughs> like thing. Sorry. Yes, Sunmar, yes. Like with Sunmar. Anyway, uh, the Swamp Thing, issue five, Ram V writing with John McCrea on art. So uh we got we got uh issue off for Perkins. Um yeah. for what is effective I mean I would say it's a one and done per se, but it is definitely more focused and central and in, into a single idea yeah. than the issues so far. Um so as was uh, I think a lot of the, the best Swamp Thing issues, it is very ethereal, and you're kind of like taking a little bit of time to get your bearings and what's going mm-hmm. on and what it's talking about. 
Uh, and we start with two separate stories where we got something going down in London, which is hard mm-hmm. to kind of grasp because I'll admit the first half of the London story, wherever we got to it, I was like, wait, there's people upstairs that are like trapping around the apartment. What's going on? Mm-hmm. But then when it gets to the idea and what's causing like this, because I, I thought, is this just like meant to be like random fascists that are kicking about? Like what, what's happening? But then as the story went on, it becomes about this. No, no, there is a, you know, a, a, a bomb that didn't go off during the Blitz that is basically the idea of what it represents has spread like a magical idea throughout the building and it's creating it's like turning people into fascists which are mm-hmm. uh, it's the idea of, of like the idea itself exploded rather than the bomb i just I was like oh, okay this is actually really interesting yeah. stuff that i really like and that yeah and that this whole from the from the time this book started that ideas are starting to be given physical form mm. And right now, with where humanity's at, that what, is a very bad indication. What, what I did like immediately, though, is the visual of the almost the techno horror mm-hmm. of the the guy who's like all the pipes like that have sort yeah. of going through his various limbs. Yeah. It's like he's merging with metal, and it's just like, oh, this is this is this yeah, uh, he's... Tetsu the Iron Man shit that I, I totally get into. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's got all the stuff, and it, it connects him to the rest of the city. So that's how it's kind of spreading. Yeah, is that he gave it? Um, but yeah, just the whole idea that during the blitz, this bomb went off and got buried, and then it's been kind of slowly poisoning or, or didn't everything. go off more more accurately. That, that's what yeah, I mean. Didn't yeah. go off. Um, and Which got is not buried. uncommon. No, no, no. They, 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 they could build bombs properly. Some of them just sit there. The, <laughs> the amount of, uh, I mean, even in, in my hometown, as I was growing up, you know, so a long time after the war, yeah, the, you know, it, it was still like. Every other month, there'd be oh, yeah, oh. someone found a bomb in the garden. Oh, yeah, bomb Jeez. squatter on it. <laughs> Jeez. Because like, yeah. where I grew up was uh, uh, Oakham Commentary, which was a uh, a large target because it was a, a source of munitions factories. Ah. I had like multiple munitions factories, so it was bombed a lot. Yeah, um, makes sense. So there were tons of just but, oh yeah, someone found one in the back garden again. There's a lot of things like, that it, it's really common. There's a lot of things I love about it as well, because it talks about all these lines underneath, and obviously mm-hmm. it's referring to the pipe system which connects this guy to the rest of the city once he's been entangled mm-hmm. up in them, right? But the idea, the reason why this has happened from the bomb is because it's because it's also talking about these lines as if they're fault lines in magic, where... Yep, or, lines. Or, or, or even magic's maybe not the right term, but, like, of the energy, and because that's, like, bled into the bomb, and that's making the bomb mm-hmm. spread its, its influence... So the idea that right. we have fault, kind of like how we have fault lanes for earthquakes, we have fault lanes for energy and magical energy that are right. Like, Ley lines are pretty, pretty uh, old ideas. Yeah. Right. So I just, I, I thought that was really cool, and uh, the way it blends into this stuff and the idea that human ideas are infecting the natural order of things, and it's these human ideas of fascism and the war and and all that that is just bled into it, and it's it's maybe having a negative impact on. On that, on it, rather than the other way around, mm-hmm. like we normally think well, of it as. And it's kind of like these old ideas have a way of festering and becoming something worse. Mm. And that—that's I really. Which is just that's a good, something. It's a good metaphor as yeah. well, if nothing else. No, it is because when when you know when you start looking into history and you start looking at stuff, isn't that different? Like the technology is different, but human attitudes are, seem to go the same way about stuff, and that you know. Um, so think, of course these older ideas have a way of keep popping up. Yeah, I, I think what's so impressive is that you know we've been sitting talking about this this core idea of the book, which I think makes it kind of mm-hmm. great. 
and we've not even either talked about Swamp Thing himself yet or the fact that Constantine's in this issue. Like, yeah. the idea itself is so strong and interesting that we could sit and talk about that probably for another 10 minutes without even getting to those two characters. And, like, Constantine shows up on, like, the third page, maybe the fourth page, something like that. It's, it's early on in the issue. He's, like, co-guest star in, in this issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and Levi's, you know, he, he feels, like, embarrassed. I mean, that's maybe too, too late a word, but the idea that... Uh, Jennifer will find out that he's the monster she's been dreaming of uh, yeah. after getting out of the green. Uh, like he, he wants to leave, but he gets pulled to London because of what's happening. He, he transforms and gets pulled there. Uh, so the, the, the stories kind of intersect like halfway through. Because at first, Swamp Thing's side feels fairly disconnected. Because uh, even though we mm-hmm. find this man with all the pipes in him, we don't necessarily know that's the guy that's missing from this woman's life. Yet, no. Right? You know, that's no, you don't problem. know that's Nigel. So yeah, so yeah. Constantine finds this girl who I assume I thought was somebody, but they just looked her up, and like this is the first yeah, yeah appearance. I, assume, I assumed it was a character that maybe popped up before that I just didn't know, but yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but but so no, but it seems like she tried to study under Constantine and realized that he's probably not the best teacher because he's a scumbag. Uh, so she she went her own way, but she has a little bit of of uh, training, right? Because she talks about this powder that she has and. But she does. She was able to conjure Con, uh, Constantine there, um, in in like her moments. Because right, doesn't it look like she's getting ready to to off herself before he shows up? Or is that part of the? I think that's how she's so That's the, the, yeah, okay. the ritual, yeah. Well, because just the way that says she promised herself she wouldn't do this, not after how they left things, but she has no choice now. So just from the beginning, it felt like okay, but no, it's definitely she's doing the summoning spell. Yeah, I think she's uh she's got a palm, not a wrist. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, this is because I happened to be on the page that that full page spread basically of Swamp Thing looking bombs. at Nigel and the uh and and all the pipes yeah. like because yeah. and I I love that the thickest pipes are one going right into his crotch as well just to add to the horror of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. it's just the it's because obviously Perkins is perfect on this book and but I do think the artist on this here, um, uh, McCrea, I, I think he's actually a really good fill-in artist for this because I, I love it for this issue. Yeah. you know, really dark and scratchy. Dingy, it really, it really suits the the London aesthetic that the you know that this is going for. Yeah, it's, it's going for that kind of almost dystopian London as well because you see the halls of the the, yeah. the 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 building and it's just like graffiti and the the barrels with fire, which you know somehow dystopias always have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's super super dark and nasty. I mean, Constantine scares off the thugs for a bit. Uh, yeah, but you know. They get the fine swamp thing that the stories intersect. You realize this is in the basement of this building. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Constantine has to sort of go in and get him, basically, uh, and retrieve him. Because, you know, it's effectively this guy's soul or whatever is lost in the, the memory right. of what this bomb is representing. So he's like, right. he's, he's a child wandering around uh, London. Uh, it's not even like, the Blitz. And it's not even real London. It's more like a like a fictitious version of like you know it, as, as if it was just completely destroyed in the blitz it's it's again it's it's an idea of what yeah. London might have been right at the time. so you know it reminded me of that that scene with all the planes flying over and stuff it reminded me of the scene in 1917 and i know they weren't in london but of course, where, yeah. where it's all lit by the flamethrowers and the fires that are raging through that town oh that's a good scene and and it looks good. like hell yeah and i was getting that vibe Actually, just, just, just to, go, to go on that idea uh, of what, what, you know, what the bomb represents, you know, that's what he's seeing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would maybe even spin that to, it's what the people who sent it hoped yeah, the bomb would do. Yeah, this is yeah. Right, well, and that's, their idea. Well, 
and that's the thing with with bombings, right? especially during World War II, is as you're not you're you're trying to beat somebody into submission, right? So you, it's just it's relentless, and it's more the idea that the the bombs are coming versus what they're actually doing, which yeah, they're blowing people up, and that does it. But it's the fact like oh, here comes another wave, and it's I remember the fear, the disruption to the life. Yeah, the that's where the whole keep calm and carry on comes from, right? Yeah. Uh, as along those lines, but I remember reading a book by Malcolm Gladwell that talks about it kind of backfired on Germany that way that it made a more resilient Britain because you had where places where the bombs didn't go off as much. So clearly, like, you know, your your hometown, Connor, that you had a lot of these near misses and it made for a stronger person because they're like, oh, that's all you got. And so it was able to, you know, to bring bring things home uh, better and that. You know, it didn't work out, but in a lot of places, that the opposite happened, like just the yeah. total devastation. You know, and clearly that's here with London, right? Yeah, London so was a big target as well. Constantine obviously gets Nigel out of the thing. Uh, Swamp Thing takes the bomb itself to, and he obviously he wants to take it to a place that's suitable to let it go. So he mm-hmm. takes it to a concentration camp, like the, the former yeah. concentration camp, and uh, uh, I, I don't even know if he's meaning to blow up. That maybe just be an accident that it goes yeah. uh, when he's burying it, but. Uh, it does blow up. We get that glorious full page of like uh, all of his green being kind of splatted back the way <laughs> uh, in the blast. But because because I because I was thinking actually as he was like going somewhere, yeah. I was like, where, where's he taking it? Like where do you take a bomb like this? Uh, and it felt kind of fitting that he took it to like you know somewhere else where the IDs are so awful that it won't like affect it really. So so I just pulled up this place right, and this is it's coming from a National Geographic, but it says forgotten Nazi concentration camp. In England, revealed by archaeologists. Oh, so it was on, it's on British soil. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, it's on one of the Channel Islands. So I'm sure you guys know more yeah. where those are. I'm sure that's in between in the Channel. Um, As the name suggests. This was yeah, right. Well, this was found last year. Oh, okay. Oh, this is a so, recent discovery. Yeah, with the end of the war, Camp Selton, other small Germany camps on all. It's on Alderney Island. Were dismantled and slowly faded into the landscape. Now our British team has reconstructed and tracked down how it grew over its short but brutal history. So I mean, props to to Ram V for working sure, that in now, there. Now because, you've said that, because because on this yeah. like plaque that's here in this panel, yeah. I did think that four hundred sounded like a low number for people who died at a concentration camp. But it yeah, makes sense I mean, if if it was just one on an island that was that that far away from. I guess the only weird thing then is that plaque is like two thousand and eight, right? Right. Yes. So. But maybe they knew it was there, but they didn't find the bigger yeah, remains of it yeah. than, than, you know. Uh, just 75 years ago, it was feared heavily guarded German prison where hundreds of men suffered and died. So like, they knew it was there, but I don't think they realized how big mm. it was. So not only is this a great issue about Swamp Thing and Constantine and the idea, and just the idea of ideas and how it pollutes something yeah. and how they grow and fester, it's also somewhat educational in that we've led to well, this conversation. And it's like is it, well, it's also that whole mentality that the Nazis they're 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 not us they're they're different but this is something that was on British soil already mm. and that's where he takes it to this dark place you know where the damage has already been done it's one of those things are already where, there because Swamp Thing I mean he literally goes from New York to London mm-hmm. uh, in the opening right. of the book so there was no reason to necessarily assume where he went it was just kind of no, you, you know you you hear Lager Silt and you're like okay well Lager sounds like a German word. Yeah, well, it, it, it does say it does say Alderney, but I didn't yeah. know where that was just by the name. Yeah, 
Well, Alderney also sounds like that could be anywhere in mainland Europe too. It, it literally says, you know, he resurfaces on uh, the desolate edge of a distant island, and and that's what it says, right. Alderney. Um, yeah, that distant island could be <laughs> like right. you know very distant, oh, you know. Right. So. Yeah. But yeah, no. Um. Okay. I I don't love the yard as much as you two did. Like I think it's fine, but we're also spoiled by Perkins, so. Um, yeah. You know, but the horrific. I, I, more of the horrific stuff. I feel like his Constantine's a little bit too cartoony, in, in times, compared to the rest of of the characters. Like, sure. but I guess he stands out because compared to Sierra, and and even Nigel when he's there, Constantine still feels like way over the top. Um, I guess he's maybe larger than life compared to the other humans. Yeah, but right? you, uh, I, I, I love except for the panel where he stood next to Swamp Thing and he's looking yeah. up at him and he's like looks yeah. tiny in comparison. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and the little epilogue section at the end is just tying back into we're leading the Suicide Squad. And I think, to be fair, I didn't feel... Because it's this month's issue of Suicide Squad that's relevant, right? Or was it last month's? I can't remember. But it's kind of a... There's, there's a loose crossover happening. I it felt, says to be continued, so I'm assuming it was the next issue of Suicide Squad, but I don't actually know. But I think this on its own, whatever we're going to do with them in Swamp Thing, I think this is enough to set it up. They're they're coming for Swamp. Amanda Waller wants to control Swamp Thing, or at least part of him. And that's the uh, the weapon. Yeah. So she's yeah. dropping this uh, device to lure him in, which you know, fair enough. And that's that's all you need. So, I'll, but the point I'm trying to make is, is as of yet, I do not feel like I'm missing anything because I've not read mm-hmm. any Suicide Squad. No, I will say this last page stuck out. As like just like this weird just separate page as the to the rest of the issue like the rest of the mm-hmm. issue ended the page before with the you know that plaque was essentially the right. final panel and then it's just oh here's a page we stuck on the end yeah it, it felt about our place and like oh i guess we've got to set this up so apparently this week's uh suicide squad had swamp things show up but mm. i'm willing to bet it was just a loose tie to drive this story more um, it could very well be that when we get to the next issue, this won't matter anymore. And this last right. page is basically just something you can ignore. <laughs> well, I, I'm wondering if the Suicide Squad is going to come for him and he's going to have to basically, you know, show him that Swamp Thing doesn't get taken as easily. I don't care who you are. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah, you know. But no, yeah. Very, very, very good issue. Oh, excellent. I, I love the ideas in this one. It's one of these things where... So much of what I like about Moore's Swamp Thing run is that this kind of ethereal like, idea of, like, you don't really get what it's talking about right at first, but as it, it keeps going and you start to understand the, the, the more dreamlike dialogue and the narration, you kind of get the heavier ideas that it's kind of hitting at. Uh, so this is, this is exactly the sort of thing I want to have a Swamp Thing book. Um, all right, Matt, what are you giving it? Uh, I'm going to give this an 8.5. Connor? Yeah, I'm going with a 9. I'm also going to go with the name. So, uh, excellent, excellent issue. All right. Wonder Girl issue two. Dave. Wait, hold on. I've not changed these names from what I copied this nope. from. Uh, nope. <laughs> Joel Jones. Joel Jones. Yep. Joel Jones is uh, on this. I just, mm-hmm. I copied this from, like, I think the Man Bat issue. So I had uh, their names mm-hmm. written down. Uh, so, yes. Wonder Girl issue two. So. Uh, first issue obviously introduced her as a character, teased some of the larger scope of things, but it ended with her just going into the water and meeting this, uh, this, uh, oh, god, or creature. Or Yara. Yeah. Yep. So, 
Um, this other Yara, yes, because uh, we find out at the start of this issue, we get a bit more context, and this is also where she gets her her weapon, which I still don't remember the name of. But um, it's, well, it's like that boa lasso. I don't think it. She might have said the name, but it hasn't been like. Well, that's what I mean. In. Even like, yeah, that like boa lasso. I didn't remember that. Yeah. Um, oh. Well, I, I tend to remember Yara floor better than most, so no, no, no. Uh, this is more my lack of n- knowledge and weapons that uh, is just showing. Oh, clearly. Um, Unacceptable. But anyway, so, yeah, obviously some gorgeous art. Uh, I particularly love the mm-hmm. panel of the... Because it just looks like an orb of light, and it's just all the shadows of, and the darkness of the water mm-hmm. as it's been handed to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it makes it, at the beginning, it makes it feel like, like Iara uh, is like, this, it, it's dangerous, right? Like, it's this mm. creature that's coming for her. But no, it's... It, Decides to give her this orb yeah. for well, her journey. I mean, everyone everyone else from Themyscira to, mm-hmm. to Brazil, they all seem to know. Everyone in the, the Amazon circles mm-hmm. all seem to know that Yara has a great potential and they're all scared of it. They're all, they all think she's dangerous. Yeah, it's, you know what it reminds me of, Pete, is do you remember when they first brought uh, Kara back in the, the Batman-Superman run? Mm-hmm. And there was this tag that Batman had read that basically, it was like, she be your greatest help or your greatest threat. And they kind of tried to make it that Supergirl could break bad mm. at a certain point. And if she does, she has all the potential to be worse than anything Superman's seen. And it all goes for nothing. I get that vibe here, too, with Yara, is that she's such an unknown that whoever gets their hands on her can, you know, kind of dictate who she becomes. Yeah, I, I, honestly, the, the only critique I have of this opening underwater stuff is that some of those early panels of where it plays with the shadows are so mm-hmm. goddamn gorgeous that the full-page spread of, like, Gara holding it and it lights up isn't as impressive mm-hmm. by comparison. So it's like, I mean, right. it's good, but it's not as moody and, like, magical-looking right. as those previous panels. So it almost like they... It's almost like Joel Jones kind of, like, peaked too soon in the scene. So the big payoff Maybe. page was a little lacking as a result. But I also feel like once it's clear, that's when the light it lights up, right? And so this is the truth of the moment. Oh sure, you know? sure. So it doesn't need to be dark and moody. It's so I, I wouldn't say it necessarily peak. Maybe maybe artistically, but well, that's what I mean. I, yeah, I, I yeah. mean artistically more than you anything know? else. Uh, so obviously she comes out of the water. Terrorists are all freaking out, and we we cut to other characters. Um. You know, Armis. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we have to deal with this. We have to go get her. Uh, Yara's still kind of flirting with the bus driver a little bit, who says it'll get her, get her home. Uh, and then we bring in Cassie, who is going to be a supporting yeah. character in here as well, which is kind of nice. Uh, yeah, I didn't know this was going to be. Yeah, Paula kind of sends her on her on her way to go and go and. Not not assassinate her because you get you get the feeling that some of the others are just going going to stop her. <laughs> Whereas Cassie feels more like she's going to uh, be a bit more helpful, if not diplomatic, about it. So well, well like she, she even says, um, Cassie says, you know, if there's a chance I could spare her life and send her back into hiding, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, then I'll then you know I'm duty bound to go. So it's clear yeah. that that's her aim. She's the one that's trying to mm-hmm. save her and just be like, right. go, go piss off back and you know well, stop doing Amazon I, stuff. I, I, Again, we're all we're all we're thinking like, what are they all so concerned about? Like, what, yeah. like what, what exactly is the legend that's well, that's been teased with this? Right, but we kind of know that too. She is the daughter of a river god, 
mm-hmm. at a certain point. That's why we we I'm assuming that's why she's named after Iara, because she's Yara. Um, so I I don't know. That's I mean, but Cassie's the daughter of Zeus, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so is Diana. So at this point, does it really you know why is that so important? Also, the Banner Migdal Amazons are always up to no good. So Pretty like much. why 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 are we worried about them? You know, and, and what she means it's like. Of course, they have bad intentions. So. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they basically they, they somehow get onto the plane that she's flying mm-hmm. back to Rio on, and uh, she, Yara gets up to to fight, not really realizing yet, of course, that she's an Amazon or these these other women are Amazons mm-hmm. and the super strength or anything involved. She just kind of is ready to get scrappy, and ends up punching her so hard. We get this you know red panel where the yep. punch happens. Um. And because of the way that they had the character, the Amazon was running towards her, did you you really get the impression that she ran into this punch? Like she was bolting at her at mm-hmm. full speed and got swiped in the face. Uh, and Yara's kind of freaked out about it. And then there's another Amazon. And there's almost like, and I think this is something I liked about the first issue is because Yara's kind of a likable, playful character in her attitude. Mm-hmm. Even the action, I think, has a little bit of that because we have this other Amazon like pushing the, the, the trolley, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the ale trolley at her. Uh, and there's something about her yelling her name as she's pushing this at full speed down the aisle. Just had some humor to it. They give it a bit of yeah. a vibe that wasn't just, okay, so we've got all these Amazons, and we've got all these prophecies, and people try to kill her because they think she's dangerous. But there's still kind of a playful element to it in the middle of it all that makes it all much more digestible, I think. And, and... I love how it's like she doesn't know her own strength. So when she kicked the cart, yes, she wasn't expecting it to punch a hole in the plane. She's just a bit like, oops. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Oops, it is. Uh, yeah, because the Amazon falls out, she gets sucked out of the the, the, the cabin pressure. She gets sucked out. <laughs> so, super. And then, then Yara's like, okay, everyone, hang on. <laughs> Every, everyone, brace themselves. Uh, and we get a bit of a sort of joke little postcard montage of uh of Cassie and Artemis searching. Uh, and then mm-hmm. eventually that that oh. that that influencer guy, the social media dude from last issue, yep. becomes a factor because Kevin. Kevin, yep. yeah, they, they find him. And then Arbus is like, why are you following me? And he's like, I'm not following you, I'm following him. I'm trying to find someone. Uh, is it just... So they have a bit of a tussle. Uh, and then they run into the two Amazons that were on the plane, the Brazilian Amazons, and they're like, uh, you know, you have no idea what we're up against, blah, blah, blah. So all these things are converging. All of the people who are looking for Yara are all kind of converging, so that should be a fun thing. Um, and... It feels like Yara helps land this plane, bizarrely. Did anyone else get that impression? Well, it's the, the wind god, Zephyros. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. I don't know, it was, just, it was something about... Uh, the art there was really good. I, lo- I love the kind of the way the clouds are kind of parting, or the smoke, as it's coming down. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of neat. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's the god, like, you know, you can literally see the, the hands. Stupid. Yeah. No, no, that's Eros. And well, right. well, I, know, I know, but... Let's be specific. Okay, but it's Cupid. Yeah. Like, yes, but it's it's Zephyros is the god of you know the, the winds. Right. Yeah. So the whole thing here is that you know to go with the reason why Matt keeps saying Cupid is because he's got a yeah. Cupid bow and arrow and he he fires it, but he, he he cuts his own hand as he fires it at Yara, which is a which is a very Cupid thing to do. Yes. And right. the issue ends effectively with him falling in love with 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 Yara. Uh, although we do it's, get the. Possibly the most contrived element of the book so far. Yeah. Is this, it, uh, uh, oh, you know. Yeah. Is this, a, this this master archer god puts his own hand on his arrow, drawing it back. Like what? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, so so th this, uh, the wind god here, is this meant to be the wind god behind him at the end in the last page? I believe so, or it's whatever made him uh, nick his hand. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. what that is, because the wind yeah. god is the one that's guiding the plane down. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, was, I was a little confused with this last page, because I wasn't sure what this was meant to be behind him. No, I think it's more of a mystery, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, is it possible this thing, whatever it is... Like made him cut himself with it, like sort of influenced it to control the situation a little bit. I don't know. Um, and I, that's less, I'm not trying to explain the convoluted part of this happening at the end. It was more just that I'm trying to wonder if, like, it seems sinister. It seems like whatever this is mm -hmm. is up to no good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it took aim at her, right? And it's almost as if, like, it wouldn't surprise me if they they are in Brazil. If this is the river god protecting her from whatever machinations of oh, the sure. Greek gods. Possibly. You know what I mean? Mm, could um, be, because these are obviously all uh, the, the Greek gods here. You know, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe their own gods. Right. Yeah. I, a bit I, of a fight. I enjoyed this issue. I think it's maybe a little bit yeah. more less focused than the first one was. Um, mm -hmm. So it's maybe... It's not enough Yara is the biggest problem. I think that's fair. I, mean, I didn't enjoy Cassie being included, but yeah, it probably could have used a bit more Yara going throughout. Um, and, you know, that one convoluted story beat at the end does stick out a little bit, but um, at the same time, though, I, I do, like, it did make me look forward to Yara, like, dealing with his advances next, because I, I expect that to be fun. I expect her, like, sort of, like, kind of fighting him off in, in a way to be kind of entertaining, given her personality. So, mm -hmm. uh, we can see how that goes. But, it's still enjoyable, though, I would I would say, if not as good as issue one was. Um, Alright, Matt, you want to uh, read it? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give us an eight. Same. Yeah, I agree with it. But still very good. Just just not mm -hmm. quite as uh, exceptional as that first issue was. Cool. The Nice House on the Lake, issue two. James Tay in the fourth and Lavaro Martinez on the art. This, is, of course, was a book that we were really into with issue one. Mm -hmm. uh, set up a lot of big ideas. And issue two is here. I, I will start with my one and honestly, I think only complaint. Uh, of the whole issue, I really wish it was still labeling the characters with the titles as it was as they were popping Me up. Me too. Yeah, because I could not remember who was who. I know that I. I was like getting them from context as they were going through. Yeah. The problem was when we had the transcript pages. Yes. Uh -huh. Which I I like. Don't worry, I have no problem with the transcript pages, but they're like you know it's all by their titles. You know, writer, yeah. reporter, right. which doctor. I, I I like the transcript pages. Uh, I mean, arguable there's maybe one too many because there's like three of them, so it's maybe a lot to read, but. I do like it because the idea that they're being monitored, the idea that someone's like printing all this out, is it's right. really cool. It's a good vibe. The problem mm -hmm. that I have is, so you know, they're, they're it's they're still just talking. They're not using the titles mm -hmm. in the dialogue right. of the transcript, but the the you know it's it's written as a transcript from the titles. So it's you know right. you know they're talking about like Rick and Sam and you know and I'm like. But I don't remember who is who. To yes. Match up to their titles. Right, and there's so many of them that you're not sure who they're talking to, to to bring that. Yeah, because so like... if it was only five or six characters, I think you'd get onto it pretty fast. But because there's yeah. like twelve, like, <laughs> it's, it's quite a lot. I forgot the name of the artist, but I remember she was our main character in the first one. Yes. Yeah. I. I... And and. Yeah. And, and and even then, I was like, "Is this the one with the the blue hair?" <laughs> like you know, I, right? You know. I feel like with a character with this many books, where you know it's not like superheroes where they all have distinct costumes. Like you really have to right. 
And they've given us these titles that are actually easier to remember, but they have to use them more. They have to actually label them. What we need is, um, you know how like old superhero comics, say old, you know, older, used to do like all the faces at the start. Yeah. I mean, hell, you know, just... Justice League still doing that. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but now it's it's kind of a throwback thing, right? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, so yeah. It, it would be useful here. One of those at Very the start. Useful. Next, just you know, their symbol. Right. Uh, you, I don't think you need to put their faces because we'll match the faces through dialogue naturally. Right. If you just put their symbol, that and the title, name. and then you know their and their name uh, just on you know, on the first page, you can even still do it in like you know a fancy layout and do it in a circle or something. That, that, that might be a bit wicked divine actually, but you know you can do something with that. Yeah, I mean, it was just the one key thing, and it's almost like because of that, I can't really gauge the characters on like an ongoing way yet. They're still just kind of a group of people to me right now, as opposed mm-hmm. to like really knowing who each of them are individually. Um, right. Uh, well, and it helps that the writer Nora had their hand, you know, messed up. It, it does actually help. So, yes, the one with the broken hand. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that that helps. Um, but like the 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 one that went to talk to them, I don't know their name and I don't know their title. Yes. Uh, so that said, the dynamics between everybody is really the star of this. This. Uh, oh yeah, the dynamics are great, and the yeah, the, the idea that uh, the uh, is it Walter is the the actual mm-hmm. alien. Yeah. I know that one. Yeah. yeah. So the well, idea that we get a flashback alien, at the start, because our, our our character that we're focusing on in this issue is the the man of the couple, and he seems to be remembering this time in college where Walter was like, feeling down didn't think anyone liked him and he kind of gave him a pep talk about it uh, but throughout this issue we see that he kind of appears to him uh, in the mirror but he's still kind of like deformed like he's all in split up and kind of mm-hmm. like weird looking mm-hmm. yep. um, and by the end of the, the, the issue he's kind of like convincing his wife that oh we should still stick to the, the itinerary that he made because it'll keep us mm-hmm. sane if we have a kind of schedule and because we see the schedule as a page that's devoted to the schedule which is like hey each night's a movie night yeah. and it's like wednesday's western night and this day we do this activity and the idea being that you know we have a but it but it kind of feels disingenuous because again at the end after he's had this conversation with his wife you see him looking at walter again and walter's like yeah. standing there watching like he's influenced this like he's it, speaking it through him kind feels of feels like the illusion of free will mm. that you guys can do whatever you want as long as it's this thing uh and yeah so so connor called him an alien bubble ultra an alien yes but i'm getting i'm getting god vibes here just with this whole issue and i feel like this issue is almost about faith in general because they talk about how each of them encountered walter and how they kind of fell out at certain times and um they all have different you know they all have different relationships almost like, yeah, I kind of, I remember him from childhood, but it was weird that he came back into my life when he did. And at the end that this pianist, right. is almost kind of like, well, we should just follow what Walter says and maybe I'll be for our own good, which is almost like looking at something, you know, like a, like a certain book or whatever as kind of guidance. And it almost makes you feel like 
these are almost the seeds of zealotry. I mean, even if he's you know? not literally a godlike being, he's just an alien right. playing god or whatever. Like, right. I think that that analogy and exploring mm -hmm. those themes of how these characters treat what effectively yep. their new god has told them of the rules, and that this is their new right. Eden, and that they may may, may or may right. not, you know, eat the forbidden well, fruit as it were. Um, right. You know, I think that analogy may still stick throughout this. That may Definitely. still be a very good piece of uh, analysis. And just like. Uh, and the artist here already trying to piece things together, right? She starts drawing their different kind of what their labels are and stuff. Um, and then as they start going through the house, they kind of realize that everything they kind of ever wanted is there. You know, like all these books are, are books that Walter told Nora to read when they were mm. teenagers, you know? And it's almost like, well, why is all of this Yeah, here? a lot of uh, name dropping in that bookshelf as well, if yeah. you pay attention to the names. Sandman's I, I definitely there. had a good yeah. one. From Hell was there. I noticed a few. Yeah. Uh, well, The King in Yellow, which is a big... Uh, isn't that a Lovecraft story? Or at least based off the Cthulhu mythos. So I remember that going around during True Detective. Sure. Mm. That was a big... Lord of the Flies in which... there, which I thought was an interesting uh -huh. one, given that it's a group of characters sure. on their own. Trying yeah. to function yeah. as a society but now. There's a lot of um, obviously speculation, and there's a lot of like the rules been set up. There's an invisible wall around the place that one of the characters has kind of like went around the perimeter and like sort of checked. But they're talking about going in the boat, see if they can get to another side of the lake or whatever. Um, but I think the big thing towards the end is that the two characters, because they're talking about like how the supply is going to come in and they're just going to appear when we're not looking and they're looking mm -hmm. for secret stashes. And they end up finding a weapons room with guns, which is a very interesting yeah. thing for Walter to have placed there almost like this could be actually i mean given the the you know the, the transcripts and the security cameras and like someone watching and recording all this it does feel like a bit like an experiment and yep. part, part of you does wonder like is this intentionally try to see how long it takes something to break down into factions right. or into whatever it's going to turn into the weapons they're intentionally there because conflict is inevitable well, and it feels like while they have connected connection to outside it's very limited because it's almost like they're just shown what they were shown right and that everything goes down like what does the comedian guy say it's like the internet uh, shouldn't exist anymore but it's still up just for right. them to access it yeah right and that it should be done by now if everything's gone to hell so like again it wouldn't surprise me if this is some kind of experiment to see how they react and then the whole idea of that sculpture outside showing you what the outside world what your home looks like well yeah that's the other big thing one of them discovers that's that if you touch jacked up yeah if you touch this uh, statue or symbol outside uh -huh. it gives you a vision of where you came from so so one Pretty of them hilarious. touches it and you see new york or whatever it is just mm -hmm. and there's people like they basically look like um they're either in from beyond or the thing and they're like melting into multiple yeah. versions of themselves it's kind of like a more so in the way that Walter does it is kind of like a natural kind of like right. almost graceful way, whereas this is more like someone's got cancerous lumps Just, and tumors. Remind me, and, remind me of the end of Watchmen. Oh kind sure, of. yeah, oh yeah, when the, all the squids of like oh, the, the how the city yeah. looks when all the yeah, yeah. It's all happened. Yeah, yeah, kind of so, like that. Yeah, um, but yeah, so I definitely have some trust issues with Walter, right? Yeah. Like I don't well, necessarily I, feel it, like. It, is this like a test to like just see if they do yeah. break down or is it a test to know that they're going to, but it's just to see how long it takes and study it? Because what, 
what we know about Walter so far is that he was friends with all of these people, right? And he came to them at certain times, and he kept up relationships over time. And it seems like the pianist is the one that he was closest with, because Walter was the best man at their at his wedding, right? So, so of course, he's going to be the one that trusts Walter the most. That, you know that they were the closest, but um, that whole bit in the opening is like, no, no, no when Walter had an attachment, you, you know, he genuinely like loved them as equals, mm. right? And uh, you know, it's it's hard not to get back to that you know religious analogy that you're going about. Right. It's very Jesus and his twelve disciples, right? Yeah. Right? Because right. it is twelve, right? I, I, I just kind of threw, yeah. I, I threw that number out there earlier, but I wasn't really thinking about the exact. No, no, yeah, it's, no. It's, yeah. it's it's twelve, 12 issues. I remember we all yeah, we right. kind yeah. of surmised during the um, the the uh, solicits that each each of those ones is going to be each issue is going to be a different. Of these characters. It also makes me wonder, like, is there? So, I mean, obviously, there's something at least high tech or supernatural going on with Waller, right. but it does kind of make me wonder: is this just a test by other humans that, that, that this is all just like it's not real? Like this, like that's that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Trust issues with Walter, yeah. like because, like you just said, the the internet's not working, but it is working, and it all feels like they were just fed something that that when they get out, it's going to turn out like, oh no, y'all just yourself it's like lord of the flies right yeah connor yeah. brought that up like in the moment these children think this is an apocalypse but when they're saved earth or the the world outside of that island still went on you know um but this yeah. is this house is almost built to to keep them there and keep in mind though yeah. we know from the the, the the prologue scenes both in this one because mm -hmm. the guys get long hair in the last yeah. one with the the gun right. and sitting in the steps right that they're here for a lot. Some of them are here oh, for wow. a long time. Like they're yeah. here until at the very, I mean, it's not grow up cause they're all adults already, but yeah. they're, they're here until right. their hair grows out. They're here until right. the guys have beards and, right. and whatever else. So it'll be a couple months, right? Like, at, at the least. At the, that the least. Given that like a lot of these guys have fairly short hair already and, you know, mm -hmm. it's long by the, you know, like I say, right. by the, the, the prologue scenes. That's not something that's just a couple of months of growth. That's yeah, years. it feels like years. Yeah, it feels like some of them are going to be here for like five years or yeah. ten years. It does feel like a big time span they're stuck here. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Just um, the. I also can't get over the art. How it gets like the stillness of the house on the lake right at the title page, mm. and then just the sheer chaos when it needs it. Right, like Wayno um... is so good at that balance. There's a page with a, I think it's with the pianist. It's intercutting like the the, the pianist, you know, yeah. with the, just playing, you know, just on the hands mm -hmm. on the keys. Right. And the rest of them are out by the uh, the statue. Yeah. And um, it's it's really scattershot, like the layouts. It's kind of a little bit, you know, almost all over the place in terms of the uh -huh. the, the panels, very frantic. Um, but oh, it's a fantastic page. Yeah, I'm not putting money on like, any outcome here. Like, I'm, I'm suggesting different things <laughs> that are coming in my head because I feel like they're all equally kind of possible. I, I think, there's I some, very, I think after this one, well, I was ahead. just gonna say, I think there's something about everything, like the, the idea that they've even set up this this entrance, like you know, symbol to like give them this vision of like where they came from. Everything feels like designed to convince them that it's real, which makes right. me go. It almost feels too much. It almost feels like. Right. Someone's really wanting you to believe this, and I, I get why they do believe it. I'm not saying they're stupid characters because right. because they're considering yeah. that it's real because they have been given a very ample amount of evidence by this point. Like one of them right. talks about seeing emails in their account for 
from like loved ones saying I couldn't get a hold of you in the phone, so I just went to say goodbye because right. they're they're all dying. <laughs> so, right, yeah, yeah, that one that one hit hard. Just that whole idea of you know they left people back there too, like the ones that didn't get an invite. One of them like left a wife, right? And even yeah. that feels intentional. Like, I mean, right. again, it could be taken at face value, and this is the person he was connected to and not the wife, but right. the idea that. He intentionally let a couple come together, but have one only have one of them, so that one would be separated and think their loved one's right. dead, and then another couple's together in the apocalypse. What does that do to both of them? What's the difference? Right. You know, right. study that. And you control, yeah, they're controlling the variable in a science experiment. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if I have to guess right now, if I had to put money down, it's definitely this is some kind of either like <laughs> interdimensional right type of experiment to see just how you can put humans in a pressure cooker and see how they respond because this the whole idea from the first issue that walter would show up and ask the artist like what do you think the end of the world is going to be like it's almost like he was workshopping ideas mm. to to figure out what is her worst case scenario? All I know is the end of issue 11 where it pulls, pulls out and shows you who's watching mm-hmm. security cameras and it's Lex Luthor, Matt's going to lose his freaking mind. Oh, you, you believe it? <laughs> I, I, or, say, or... I kind of hope the apocalypse stuff is real. I think it's more interesting to me sure. if it's real. See, I don't know. For me, I don't think so because I like the whole idea of... of the. I mean, of course, this is an unethical thing, but how that affects them going forward... Right, that they thought the world was ended, and they come to find out that no, it hasn't. Or, what if they're given the opportunity to actually rebuild it through this house? You know, like I guess because it, of reality shenanigans. I you guess know what it I mean? comes down to like because if Walter really does love them and he's chosen them right. that way, then it means it's probably because it's real and he knows everyone else is going to die. If the whole love thing was just a manipulation tactic to kind of like get the right subjects in place then, of course, then it leads towards it's probably fake, or at the very least, uh, you know, much more malicious I, than, than it I was. I think it's 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 not impossible that he does genuinely love them, and this is, you know, a a, a haven for them, hmm. but also it's an think... experiment as well at the same time. <laughs> yeah. See, I also think this also shows our own personal philosophies and how we look at life, right? Whereas I, I fully want to believe that's not real. Right, and this is all an ex- a whacked out experiment. See how they react, but ultimately things are going to be okay. You know, even <laughs> though I know it's a horror book, that's probably log. I mean, I, I'm yeah, not really siding on it. I, I think yeah. both work in different ways, and depending on where the right. story is going, I think they can both. Like, I think if it's real, it, it I mean, it works either way for the religious analogy, mm-hmm. right, and the idea of them right. being given this Garden of Eden by their new god, who is Walter. But right. If it's real, that strengthens that, I think, a little bit, because it is literal, and it is a, a Garden of Eden, right. and what happens when they do eat from the forbidden fruit, and maybe even these glimpses of the future are after that. Well, like, you know, this is why things are so bad in the, the future. What is the forbidden fruit yet, right? Like, oh, what know. is the yeah. one thing... Right, I, what I, is I that one thing that people tell them the forbidden to do? fruit is leaving the house. Right. But it seems Somehow. like they can't leave even if they want to, because that one character said that they walked around... Mm. And it ended up just back into a circle. I'm assuming they, you know, maybe they find a way eventually. One of them does. Maybe. And maybe not all of them leave. But, That's why some of them are this, still well, there. They, they just found right. a room full of explosives. I mean, maybe right. throw some bombs at it. <laughs> yeah. Right. But also just the the whole 
feels very Old Testament, the way the world ended. Oh, sure. You know, just and and whatnot. So it, maybe maybe Noah's Ark is in play here, right? That kind of kind of vibe. There's a so. real like mix of different religious analogies going on at the same time. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, it, it totally is. But I think what's so great about it is that that's all there to like study and analyze. But at the same time, it feels very science fictiony with the 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 uh, oh, yeah. you know the, with the security cameras, the transcripts, the monitoring. Right. It all feels very, mm-hmm. very cold hard sci-fi in a way as mm-hmm. well, right. which is quite interesting. Right. Which, but uh, I mean, I always feel like the best sci-fi, right? It flips a mirror onto that type of stuff. Yeah, you know, Twilight Zone and whatnot, and belief systems, and and you know. What if we're all wrong? What does what does that mean? And that's almost you know at play here because I feel like there's so many differing viewpoints here because like we have the the pianist right the two characters we've got really to meet is the artist is kind of like I don't know why he would have picked me we weren't actually that close like sure we would talk and then the pianist is like oh yeah he was my best friend you know like just those two being the first two out the gate. You know, they're they're so different, and what what does what does that mean? But, Maybe that's intentional. Yeah, and, two extremes at the right. opposite ends of the spectrum, just to right. You know, really. Yeah, I don't know who's next. Who's whose viewpoint are we getting? And you know, I'm sure you could look at the solicit and find out. Uh, yeah, I think you I could, know, but if, if you really wanted, you could just look at the cover for the next issue, and because uh, yeah, the covers have I the uh, the symbols highlight, don't they? Yeah. Right. Uh, and then cross track what which symbol belongs to who? Because I don't remember that. Off the top okay, of my well, head, this is but... <laughs> yeah, but here, here, but yeah, here's the thing. Some, it's fun sometimes just to have the mystery. At least that's how I feel. Sometimes when things are answered, it's not as fulfilling as just having that mystery out there. It's the whole Inception, the end of Inception. I had a friend go into IMDb and look up like titles in the credits. I was like, kind of defeating the point of what that ending means, my guy. Uh, Meant for us to talk about, not for one person to be right or wrong. Matt, uh, you're the person who looks up like the translations and the tiniest little continuity things every single time something comes up. Right, but I'm talking. About, I, I'll I'm, be honest. I'm surprised all the Kelly dialogue that was in Spanish towards the end of Green Lantern. I'm surprised Matt didn't come in here with a transcript. I'll translate. I I, I didn't need to because I translated my head from five years of Spanish in school. But <laughs> I didn't feel like that was. You got the vibe of what she was saying from the context dialogue. Mm. I didn't need to. Okay. But yes, in To Kill or Be Killed, I might have downloaded Google Translate to see what they were saying in Russian. Of course. Yes. There was definitely an issue of like Superman interaction recently yeah. where Matt was somewhat, you know, oh, he, he translated the, the Kryptonian. Yes, he did. Yes, that definitely happened. <laughs> I said I could have if I got a cipher, but I did not. Um, mm. I mean, people were just like, context was fine. Yes. Yeah. Never even occurred to me to go and try and translate the Kryptonian. But anyway, uh, yeah. I mean the book's still excellent. Of course, the art is still very moody. It's, it's 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 like I say, the vibe is off the charts, and those those pages of the transcripts uh, really give you this idea of they're being watched, and not necessarily just by Walter. Mm. That remains to be seen at this point. Uh, Walter may just be the representative for whoever this group is. Uh, whether they're aliens, whether they're godlike entities, whether they're trans-dimensional entities, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's, it's keeping the interest peaked. And the fact that we can sit and theorize and talk about what things mean yeah. is, is always a good sign. Uh, Matt, what are you giving issue two of Nice House on the Lake? 
I'm giving this one a nine. Connor? I'm going to go with an 8.5. I'm knocking a little bit off for not having the names and making me have to really <laughs> figure it out. Yeah, uh, I think that's fair. I, I think I'll agree with the 8.5. I'm agreeing with Connor too much this, this episode, but uh, I think I will concur with that. It's still excellent, excellent stuff, so I'm looking forward to issue three. So cool. All right. Uh, I got a couple of Patreon books every month on patreon.com slash TV. You can pay one of the higher tiers to make myself a Connor read a book. Uh, I'm a little bit behind, so I'm doing two this week. Um, I've got uh, first up here, American Vampire issue 20, which is part two of three of the, the, the Beast in the Cave story, which is largely an origin story, this issue, for the, the titular beast in the titular cave. Um, which is a, a Native American woman who we see her story of being sold to this this man. Well, she's already been sold to the man, but about how these explorers come and effectively trade some supplies to take her with them because she can translate the, the native language that they're going to be encountering and may even know the area. Although she admits in her narration that she, because she, she, she was bought as a child, so she doesn't really know the area that well. Uh, but she can speak the language. And... Basically, as the journey goes on, there's a lot of her looking at the the, world, the vistas, all that kind of thing. Uh, but it turns out that these two guys are vampires that, that, that hired her. And it's when she goes off to like sort of spy on what they were doing. Because they'd always sneak out hunting and they'd come back with food. But they'd never like take weapons with them. It was kind of suspicious. And it's very pulpy. Uh, there's a, just this image of the, the, the guy in the top hat with his fangs like jumping at her. And she does indeed become a vampire that way. Um, but she's different to the other vampires. Uh, the wooden stake does not kill her. Uh, some of the other people who were in the party were actually vampire hunters. They even mentioned the Morning Star, you know, the vassals of the Morning Star, which is something that's been like a, a big thing in the book. Um, but they stake her to be safe, but it doesn't work because she's a different type of vampire. And uh, she ends up in the cave. Uh, and that's when we finally come back to the present day. So there's a good like, two-thirds of the issue. Half to two-thirds of the issue is just the backstory of this woman, this vampire that's in the cave. Um, and it's really well-told stuff. Uh, you know, Obviously, we're not in the usual Albuquerque arc, uh, art for this arc. Uh, so it isn't as good, uh, necessarily. Some, some of the vistas look nice enough. It is definitely a bit simpler line work-wise. It's not as scratchy or as moody. And I do think that kind of hurts the, the tone. Uh, so in, in many ways, it is kind of maybe my least favorite arc of the of the book so far, but it's very short. Um, uh, of course, once I'm done with this arc, I will be jumping over to that first miniseries, uh, the World War II one. Um, so, uh, which I, I assume was going on around the same time as this, when it was being released mm-hmm. individually. Um, I think it was. Or, did they take a break? I don't know. I don't question. remember. I, uh, didn't, I didn't read them in singles. I read them all in yeah, trade, I, read them I remember people talking about it. Too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's a bit more Skinner who's in the army with, with his, you know, his makeshift brother. Uh, and Skinner's basically, yeah, why don't we just, you know, kill all those people up in the hill? You know, there may be hundreds of them. And Jimmy's like, no, but there could be like innocent women and children. It may not just be soldiers. Um, but the big cliffhanger of the issue is that the guy who went to the cave, the Native American who went to the cave to talk in, to the, the vampire and get her help, uh, comes back and they're like, they're the army, the Native American army are like, okay, so were you successful in getting help from the monster? And he's like, oh yeah, our plan, we've got a plan, it's simple, we'll kill them all. And the last page is just him standing up in his full monstrous vampire form and they're all freaking out. Um... 
again this is kind of where the art for me kind of lets it down a little bit i think his monstrous form looks a little bit simplistic uh it, it just it feels lacking compared to what the vampires and monsters and demons normally look like in this book so it, it wasn't really i don't know a, a great showstopper to end on um but uh i should mention though that uh, she didn't willingly make him a vampire he actually hacks her with a with a hatchet and then takes some of her blood on his own and transforms himself that was a weird noise as Matt was rubbing his nose. Yeah, it's your mic going. That's what it is. It picked up a bit of noise and amplified it because your mic went. <laughs> My bad. Uh, so yeah, so kind of just an okay issue. You know, this is probably like a six point five kind of in that region, um, which makes it one of the weakest issues of American Vampire that I've talked about since started doing these 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 books for Patreon, um. Not that it's bad. Not that it's bad by any means. It's just not as interesting. It kind of feels like Skinner's element of the story feels a bit shoehorned in. Like, we already kind of got his backstory back in the, the backups of the first arc. And it kind of doesn't feel like we really need any of this. At least maybe the third issue, the third part's going to give me something that felt like it was worth telling this extra part of his his uh, human story. But right now it feels a bit coincidental that it's kind of so linked with with other vampire stuff you know, before he encountered vampires directly that led to his transformation. So, uh, I'll see. Because I, I don't remember how this arc ends. I don't remember what it adds to the overall mythos. Uh, so, well, we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, 6.5 out of 10, I think, for me. Uh, on this first... On, on this second part of this arc. So, there you go. That's American Vampire issue 20. Uh, the other Patreon book I've got, which is going to get a little bit longer to talk about. Uh, so, the patron who's making me read it, Animal Man, um, let me know that next issue, which would have been issue 10 of Animal Man, I should jump to Secret Origins 39 first. And did ask that I read uh, both stories in it, which I wasn't going to argue, uh, but there is a Man-Bat story in here as well, uh, which was what the first half of this, this book was. Uh, and this is a Secret Origins issue, so as you expect, it's kind of a take on Man-Bat's origin. What's interesting about this, though, and it kind of made me chuckle a little bit, is how it tries to kind of like fit into Batman's origin in a weird way. Um, so, get this, right? So, as it's explaining, so Batman runs into Man-Bat at the start of the issue, and it's kind of this, and the art here's pretty good, it's, um, so it's written by Jan Strand, this story, and the art's by Kevin Nolan, and you've got this kind of pulpy, sort of deep blacks, and Man-Bat's like, but Batman's like, got a, a torch, a flashlight, sort of pointed at uh, Man-Bat, and it looks really good. Uh, and it's this idea that uh, Batman was getting beat up by a bunch of thugs and Man-Bat ended up jumping in to help him. And this is like right after he's transformed for the first time. And Batman's confused. He thinks it's the best like disguise he's ever seen because it looks so real. And it's setting up all this. So it's okay. Cool. Um, and there's like a display here because uh, they're at like a museum or something. And that's where Kirk was doing his experiments. Um. But he, he finds out about Kirk Langstrom from the, the curator, whoever it is, and they talk about how Kirk as a child had this kind of story where he fell down a cave and people like were searching for him for days, to the point where people were starting to think he was just dead, and he got kind of found late on, kind of last minute. And this was an experience where he, he saw bats in this cave, and... Bruce actually met him once as a child. He went to, you know, he met him at the movie theater. Not, not the night he, his parents were killed. It's not that coincidental. Uh, his parents were seeing West Side Story one night, and he was like bored, so he went out to get some popcorn, and he ran into Kirk, who was about the same age, 
and they kind of just, you know, played and joked around a bit and uh, snuck around the movie theater. And it was kind of a pleasant thing, and they sort of said goodbye. But it was a little bit on the nose because Kirk told them about the legend of the of the Batman, where who were these like Batman monsters and stuff. And I was like, okay, I don't really like the idea of Bruce hearing the legend of the Batman before he decides to become Batman. I kind of like that to be a separate thing. Where it gets really interesting, though, is <laughs> so when Kirk was doing experiments early on, and in this case, it was he was trying to like use bat sonar to like help cure blindness. Um, basically, the bat he was working on uh, escaped the the lab, and uh, Francine was like, "Oh, it's not a big deal. You get another bat." And he's like, "Yeah, but that's not the point. Like, I I had like removed that bat's like uh, like sonar abilities. Like, I I'd, I'd kind of like." I'd been experimenting on it, so it was blind. So you've so it's flying literally blind. It can't. It'll it'll be screwed. And that bat is the bat that flies into the window <laughs> in the Wayne Manor, where bat where Bruce goes. Yes, father, I shall become a bat. That's that bat. So that bat was blind. That's why it flew in the window. It's like it's, it's like someone thought it was a plot hole that that bat flew into the window. And this man bat story is trying to explain <laughs> why that bat flew into the window. <laughs> And so comics have just always been doing this. Yeah, this so, is not a new thing. So I, I just this was the moment when it sort of implied this. I sort of like Batman even says it in his narration later on. He actually flat out says, "I think I think the bat he was working on was the one that flew into it." I I I just started laughing, and not in a way that I hated it. It's one of these things where this is like a you know it's a half of a an anthology series that came out in the eighties, whatever. Mm. But. I just, I started laughing because it was just, it was so ballsy to try and tie in that bat to somehow be a bat that man bat that Kirk Langstrom was working on in a lab somewhere that night. And that's why this bat flew in the window. The the level of coincidence and convoluted elements to all tie these things together is, like, I think I would have been okay with it if it was just that, but because Bruce had ran into Kirk as a boy and they spoke about bats, there's just too many things like linking them together here. For me to swallow and think is a fun idea, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, I mean, the story. You know, uh, Batman goes to see Francine when he realizes that this might be. Uh... In fact, he's not even looking. He doesn't even think Kirk is man bat at this point. He actually goes to Francine because he's looking for Kirk because of where everything went down. And it's actually while he's got got her in the Batmobile, the the police scanner picks up that there's a crime going on, and it happens to be man bat who's like breaking in to like get supplies for something. So there's, again, more coincidences happening just to propel the story forward. But of course, he, he realizes that that's Kirk and uh, Man Bat flies off and Batman says, like, I'm never going to stop looking for him. Uh, and the story just ends with Bruce in the Batcave and like, he's like, I'm sure I'll see Man Bat again soon enough. And Man Bat's like actually hanging upside down at the top of the cave. Like, you know, he's like, he's one of the bats. And it's honestly, the art is kind of nice. And I kind of like the, the voice. I, I like the way the narration tells the story and that it sounds kind of old-timey, like a, like it's an old monster movie. The way it describes how Kirk feels, or the way Kirk in first person describes how he feels, feels very old school, and it feels like an old monster story. And I, I kind of dug that element of it. But yeah, the, the way it tries to tie into Batman's like origin story just kind of feels a bit shoehorned and silly, and it's like, okay, nice try. But, very good. Uh, the Animal Man half of the story, though, which is by Grant Morrison, is... It's kind of weird because it, it ties into what's going on in the timeline in that Buddy's not getting his powers other than flight and he's trying to like fix them 
and he's trying to tap into various animals, but it's not working. He, you know, he tries to tap into the dog, and he ends up just thinking he's got fleas, rather than actually getting any of the uh, qualities that he was looking for. And as this is happening, he's with the family, and they're kind of out there with him as he's trying to, like, get a hold of his powers and stuff. Uh, the aliens who originally basically gave him his powers are watching from above, and they're talking about why, why is this acting so weird. And then that transitions to them going, let's, re- let's reflect on when he, then he, when he got his powers. And it kind of like goes into a flashback of how he got his powers and also how he asked uh, you know, his wife to marry him. Uh, so it goes kind of old school for a bit. Uh, and the art feels very old school in that sense. You know, the, the, the dinky lines, the kind of the bold colors. It looks very Silver Age almost. Uh, compared to, uh, not, not Animal Man, the regular issues had art that looks super modern by comparison necessarily, but uh, it definitely feels like it's, it's got a more of a classic style in this particular story. Uh, and it shows you the first time he like used his powers where he felt the power of the tiger and he dodged it and then he felt the power of the gorilla and whatever else because some animals escaped from the zoo. Uh, but then he's like, but he walks over and sees the crashed alien ship which uh, led to his powers. What's funny though is that it kind of conceals the aliens who are watching him the entire time in shadow until the very end of the issue where after we're back to present day and they're talking about what's going on again um, it shows you that it's the same aliens who Buddy fought off because he, he sort of encounters these aliens, he uses his powers, he becomes Animal Man and then the last of the page of the book is like these two aliens who are watching him saying, uh, I wonder if, if he'll remember us. So these two yellow aliens are kind of like, yeah, we're going down to kind of like, basically fix whatever's wrong with them and investigate it. Uh, but it does say to be continued in Animal Man issue 10, so it does kind of sound like this is a lead-in for that issue and that this does fit into this part of the run. So it's, it is a little bit uh, weird that it's not in the uh, the collection. Uh, I had to track this down separately, so uh, interesting. So it was, good, it was a good bit of advice to like, jump to this issue as well. Yeah. Now, admittedly, well, I feel like I have missed much because it is mostly just a recap of the origin. Probably not, but... Uh, it is a nice little bit of context, and it's not like the origin is really explained in the, the main run. So this is kind of like a nice, like, if, if you just started reading Grant Morrison's Animal Man, here's a little refresher. There's not really much to it other than a ship crashes, he gets these powers, and he also asks, you know, uh, what's his wife's name again? I forget. Ellen? What's he? No. Damn it. Just... Ellen. It's Ellen, yeah. not Helen. Ellen. Ellen. Yeah. Ellen. Uh, so... Yeah, you know, like, like there's there's not really much to it beyond just teasing that these are the same aliens that are back, and maybe the, when they show up next issue. But presumably, though, if they show up and say, "Hey, we're here uh, to fix your powers," like, you just get what you need to know from that, <laughs> rather than you know they were watching from before. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, as someone who's never read an Animal Man origin story, I guess it was a nice little uh, trip to that. And uh, yeah, the art is different from the main main book, uh, the main issues, which is fine, but. Uh, it does kind of fit the more old school. Because even the way he's asking Ellen to marry him, it feels like an old 50s style. And not that Animal Man came from the 50s, I don't think, but like it felt like it was going for a, a classic comic book style because I wanted to have that, oh, mm-hmm. shucks, I'm going to ask her to marry Oh, I couldn't do it. I chickened out again. But then at the end of the story, he finds the courage to do it. Almost like getting the animal powers is what gave him the, the self-confidence. The courage. Oh, that said, though, when he says it, he kind of blurts it out in one word. Like, it's all, there's no like spaces between <laughs> the words. It's just all, uh, I went to be my wife. And then, like, he faints, like, soon after, and she's like, oh, I finally worked up the courage to ask. And she did say yes. So it's, it's a happy ending, but it's kind of played into the goofiness of Buddy a little bit. Uh, so it's pleasant. It's a pleasant little story. 
So it's a weird one to rate. Obviously, I suppose rate the two story. I, the art is really good in the Man Bat story, uh, and the general vibe I kind of like of it and the the way it's told. But the actual convoluted elements, I'll just give it a seven because I think it's well done in terms of how it's told and whatnot. But it's just the ideas are a bit convoluted. Uh, the Alman story, I would say, is again probably in the seven-ish area where I think it's a nice little trip down the the origin story. It's a nice. It, 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 I, I like that at least for the time it set it in what was going on in the ongoing book. It didn't just like do like an origin story on its own. Mm-hmm. They got Grant Morrison to come in and tell a story that fit within the confines of what was going on, uh, in in the main book. So that's kind of nice. So I'll probably throw that a seven as well. But I, I wouldn't say that it, it feels essential either to to the overall. And it, it does kind of feel like DC said to Morrison, "Hey, we want a story for Secret Origin." With Animal Man, rather than Morrison had a story in mind that was to be told. So, uh, yeah, take that for as you will. So there you go. So, uh, I'll have more Patreon picks next week. Uh, so, I've been reading The Joker for, for one patron. Uh, David, who normally makes Connor read something, is making me read another issue of Joker this month so that I'll be caught up and I'll be reading the new issues of Joker going forward. Uh, that said, though, I think the next issue of Joker is next week. I probably won't be reading both next week. I'll read last month's next week, and I'll read this month's week after or whatever. Uh, I'll probably have a couple of patron books next week myself. Um, I think I'm due one from last month. I'll have to check. But yes. uh, I, I just wasn't feeling up to it this week, I'll be honest. You've got COVID. I think the, the patrons will forgive you taking a week off. I, I hope so. Uh, so... There you go. That is uh, the books, which will take us out of the part of the show where we pick our favourites, favourite panel slash moment, favourite cover, favourite art, and rank our, our top five books of the week. So, or in Connor's case, whatever he read, because he didn't read five, I don't think. I think I read four. <laughs> Look, okay. it took me three attempts to read Batman. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not joking. Like, I, I read the first seven pages of Batman three times, because it just, it just wasn't, wasn't going in. At when all. you say that, I imagine you getting mad and throwing your tablet across. I was on the computer. I, I literally, I, I got to like the same page. I, I got to it was it was not long after the the page with Nightwing on it, mm-hmm. and I was like, I, I kind of like I snapped into awareness, going, I don't know anything I've read in this book so far. I, 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 just, I, I don't know a thing. Uh, I just I, I was like, I left. I have to leave it and come back to it later. And that happened twice. Uh, and you know, the third time, I managed to get through it. Hmm. Well. With that said, panel slash moment, Matt, what you got? So, um, I'm going to go from uh, Wonder Girl, where she gets her magic bolo, and it's all shiny and playing with the darkness and whatnot. Uh, Really, really effective. Connor? Um, Despite what I just said, I did enjoy Batman. Um, (laughs) And and my panel is, is from Batman. Uh, it was uh, it's the the panel of Harley Quinn. You know, this city's after the head, and I give that diagnosis. Sure. Uh, a lot of good stuff in Batman. I think I have to go with Swamp Thing, though. I have to go with the uh, the first time we properly see the guy with all the pipes going through him, just because it's such a a horrific mm-hmm. but weird as well. It's not like just normal horrific. It's just like otherworldly horrific. It's that like almost Cenobite style of like body horror. So yeah, go. Cool. I dug that. I dug that a lot. Uh, all right, cover of the week, Connor. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Wonder Girl variant. Um, not not the not the Pride one, not the Kevin Wonder one, the other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will mm-hmm. Murai. 
Um, it's, it's really nice. Yeah, I'll give a shout out to some really nice covers in the House of the Lake. You know, bit nice House by the Lake, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. Swamp Things variant's pretty nice, but I have to go with that Batman. You know, the the all white cover with the the back cape kind of spread out. It, the Jock one. The Jock one, yeah, it's Jock. It's Jock Batman. Come on. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's beautiful. So I go with that. Matt, what you got? Uh, I am going with the Wonder Girl uh, Pride variant, just because I like what it does with the purple behind her and her swinging the bolo. Like it's mm -hmm. it's a really nice, nicely composed one. That's that's a nice cover. Uh, I can't deny. Can't deny. Uh, cool. All right. So best art of the week. I guess I'll go first for that. Um, Swamp Thing was really good. Matt Batman was really good. Um, Nasus in the Lake probably wins though. <laughs> I think just as I'm going through them in my head, I, I think that probably wins. Obviously, Wonder Girl also really great for the most part. But uh, lot of good art this week, I guess is what I'm saying. But. Nice house in the lake, I think. It'll, it'll still take it just for the overall vibe and mood of it. I think it's just unparalleled. Although Swamp Thing gets close for me, I think, on this. Uh, Connor? Yeah, I'm unintentionally kind of spreading everything around the different categories mm. this time. Yeah, you know, some some weeks you have like your one book that kind of sweeps everything. Um, not this time. So I'm, I'm going to go with Nice House in the Lake for art. Cool. Matt? Yeah, I'm gonna go with make that uh, nice house on the lake as well. Sure. Although Wonder Wonder Girl's close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wonder Girl and Swamp Thing are both pretty close. It says a lot that um, Batman, which yeah, again I looks mean, really good, is like easily my my last choice and my four. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say easily my last choice. I, I mean, but yeah, like you know, the, the fact that that's like only one of four in contention. <laughs> Is, uh, yeah, it says a lot. Um, all right, top five then, Matt, take it away. Uh, so uh, number one is gonna be Nice House on Lake. Number two is Wonder Girl. Number three is Swamp Thing. Number four is Green Lantern. Number five is Batman. Green Lantern over Batman. That's interesting. Why right, Batman over Green Lantern? It doesn't really. I'm, I'm not gonna try to convince you otherwise. I'm just, I'm just yeah, I wasn't expecting I'm just... it. Uh, All I know is Justice League was last. Sure. <laughs> I I can cover that. I can cover that, Connor. Um, Swamp Thing, uh, despite not having claimed any of the previous individual categories, is my top book. Uh, it Sometimes some of the parts, you know. Yeah. Then a uh, nice house. Wonder Girl, Batman. Yeah, I I will go with. Similar to Connor here to start, uh, I, I will have Swamp Thing at top, and then Nice House in the Lake. And I think I'll probably have Batman next, and then Wonder Girl, and then Green Lantern in fifth place. And again, Justice League is the is the one that didn't make it <laughs> out of the new books. So, tough, 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 whatever. Putting your phrase here. Alright, I'll tell you what's coming next week then from DC Comics, and we'll see what kind of week we're having next time. So... We got Detective Comics 1039, and I'm loving that run, so I'm pleased with that. Uh, the Flash Annual 2021, issue one, uh, which is actually a conclusion to the arc in The Flash, so uh, I'll, I'll check that out, see how that is. Uh, there's also the Action Comics Annual 2021. Is that still our main dude writing that? Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a return to the uh, the Arthurian family stuff from yeah. the yeah. future stage. Okay, I'm a little less Mallow. excited, but... Uh... <laughs> oh, it's going to be so good. But that's out. Uh, Wonder Woman 775, Connor will be covering that, because Matt's not here next week, because uh, we, no. we, we kind of mentioned it briefly, but uh, that's there. 
Uh, Joker issue five is out. Like I said, I'll be reading issue four next week, and then I'll be reading issue five later in the month. And then starting with issue six, I will be reading uh, that as I'm, they come I'm out. I'm so upset that that's six dollars because the way that Pete described it, I I'd read it if it wasn't for the price. I know, I know. Uh, Rorschach issue tens out next week, so it's a shame Matt's missing because mm-hmm. uh, we do have yeah. time. How, that. how crazy is it that, that Joker issue five mm-hmm. costs the same price as those annuals? That's yeah. that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, I I will read Rorschach early this week. Usually I wait to get it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll get it digitally so I can read it and send my thoughts. Uh, before before I leave. Yeah, yeah, probably worth doing that. Send your thoughts on that yeah. if nothing else. Batman the Detective yeah. number four is out next week. Uh, Infinite Frontier issue two is out next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman Urban Legends issue five. Week two. Why why are week two just like so packed all of a sudden again? Uh, Future State Gotham issue three. Justice League Last Ride issue three. Although I did drop that because the weeks are so busy. Uh, Challenge of the Super Sons issue four. American Vampire nineteen seventy six issue ten. And the Batman and Scooby Doo Mysteries issue four to round out the uh, the onslaught. Does have Nightwing on it though, so I should probably reread that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the Scooby Doo book. I, I yeah. love Scooby Doo growing up. I, I have no yeah. Is that Batman that they're running from? Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. Big week next week. Uh, we, we got obviously Rorschach, Infinite Frontier. Uh. So big stuff for DC moving forward next week. Um. I look forward to all that. Um. Yeah. Real, real quick, speaking of Black Mask, Pete, did you get Black Mask vibes? Oh, that was totally, yeah, that was totally Black Mask cosplay from, from uh, Andrade on Dynamite this week. Big time. I was like, back to wrestling? Yeah, he, but he walked out in a pin white, you know, white stripe pin suit and a black skeleton mask. It was Black Mask. So his, when he was, when he wrestled in Mexico, he was La Sombra, which is the shadow, and wore a mask that, that covered his face like that. Uh, so I was like, is he going back to the mask? Like, is he going to do this opposite lucha thing where he only wrestles in a mask? And I was like, I don't know. He's he took it off. Got to see that handsome face. I'm all right for the entrance, just for a bit of an entrance thing. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if you know anything about Naito, I mean, that's that's Naito's gimmick where he slowly, mm. you know, he comes out in like a suit and rolls up his sleeves and makes the person wait for him. So, pretty hilarious. But yeah. I just saw a black mask on there and it looked like Andrade. I, had to I, say I know. Something. I know. <laughs> Uh, so cool um, there you go that's what's coming next week I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers uh, so thank you to Tyler Hess Cindy Palacios David Sharp Board Now Al Treisman Christopher Moy David Brown and Stanley not Stanley um, Stanley Excelsior they are Patreon producers you can of course support us at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month and get some bonuses for your trouble uh, the five dollar tier in particular, you get the show a day early, so that's kind of the you know, one of the more popular uh, tiers. Um, but uh, go over and have a look and see if you want to help keep all the content coming, including this podcast as well as everything else from Mailfuzz TV. Uh, you can of course support us in simpler, well, simpler but free ways, freer ways, uh, such as hitting the like button, subscribing, commenting on the YouTube's, or rating the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from uh, with five stars and a review. All those things do help it a lot. And of course, just share us out. You can get us on Twitter, of course, at DC Comics Podcast. Uh, so keep up to date with us on there. Um, and in the rare occasion where there's not enough books and we need questions uh, for a show, um, that's where we'll actually ask them. But obviously, we seem to be doing fine recently with books. It's been uh, a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, we've been fine. Uh, those dark days of having no books for a month and a half last year are long behind us. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now uh, we have almost too many. Or yes. buttons for punishment. 
but uh yeah that's uh that's all of the the plugin i think i need to do um so there you go uh let's say matt will not be here next week it'll just be me and connor mm-hmm. and then the week after that it'll be flipped it'll just be myself and matt probably mm-hmm. although well, it's not guaranteed connor may be able to make that week but it just kind of depends we're still thinking yeah. of pete's part yeah yeah I, I don't know yet my schedule yeah uh, and then last week of the month, it'll actually be back again to just me and Connor with Matt. So we'll have a bit of an alternating few weeks uh, with hosts. But uh, yes, so that's the plan for uh, July. And then we should be hopefully be back to some normalcy uh, for for August. But hey, let us know what you thought of any of the books in the comments. Like I said, like and subscribe. All those things do really help. So please do. Um, but that is us. That has been episode two six one of Comics from the Multiverse. So thank you very much. Uh, Apol, you know, I I give my heartfelt apologies because last week's episode actually clocked under two hours, like just by a little, and you know, it felt it felt like a slap in the face to the fans. <laughs> to it give felt them a- great on my end. I'll tell you that much. I'm jealous. I, I bet it yeah. did. Uh, but. Yes. Well, it was only under two hours of once I edited out the dynamite section, which took like yeah. 20 minutes. <laughs> but it was great. Your back... shows are, are the, you know, are the future. Uh, that's a dream, is it? The dream I'm going to gonna set, I'm just going to start setting a clock and I'm going to walk off. I'm going to do it at work. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Yeah, right. My, my Top five real quick. Get his rankings in. <laughs> All right, that has been DC Comics Podcast. Comics in the Multiverse. We'll see you next time. Keep reading DC Comics. And remember to never get lost in the Speed Four. Two hours is the future. I'm telling you now.